Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporgy, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Hey, happy belated 4th of July to you. Number 56, I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I am the Iceman. You know, it's Fourth of July for us. It's like July sixth or later for you. So whatever. Um, I played my yearly round of golf today, guys. And that's about it. <laughs> you, you 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 went for a walk, drank beer, and had it interrupted by having to hit a ball every once in a while. Yes, but I actually kind of had a realization today of why I play golf. Maybe I can help explain it to you guys about why I go chase a little white ball into the hole. There's kind of a meditative thing going on. Like, it's quiet. You got to concentrate on stuff. Like, there's nature. Like, oh, maybe I had a couple beers while I was out there. Maybe I had a, you know, smoke a little reefer when I got here. But, I'm just saying, I think that's why I play golf. It's not so much like, hey, it's golf. It's like, it's a little, a little bit of a zen kind of quality to it. But anyway... So we are a week before uh, the All-Star Game. Actually, we are six days before the All-Star Game at this point. We will get to the lineups and all that crap later, we'll putting it at the end of the show, because that's going to be a good chunk of the show. But since last we have gotten together, wait before we do that. Number 56. Who's number 56? LT. LT. Which one? Lawrence Taylor. There you go. Hey, it's LT. Until 10 years ago... LT meant one guy, but now it means two guys. Now when you talk about 56, I don't. All right. I will give you he, that one, sir. He is the man. Yes. N- don't smoke crack. 
is another lesson we've all learned from LT. <laughs> Which brings me to my next point, children. What went on with that? What happened with that? You know, the, the funniest thing about Lawrence Taylor to me is in all the times that he'd been accused of smoking crack and, man, that's bullshit and all that and his reactions to it. It was the fact that when Marv Albert got charged with sexual assault. Biting an ass. Wasn't that what happened? Yeah, the, the, the maid walked in and found him with what she described as a transvestite hooker who resembled Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, Marv. That's, uh, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> what if you're Lawrence Taylor and reading that in the paper? Are you like, son of a bitch? At that point, I'm like, that's an ugly bitch, man. Are you complimented? <laughs> are you are you flattered? Are you pissed? Man, who the fuck ever looked at Lawrence Taylor and was like, wow, put a wig on him? He'd be hot. It's just and I'm going to bite happened. their ass. Marv Albert, that's what I'm saying. Man, in today's world, pretty much half the population. Hey, maybe, War- maybe Marv Albert looks at Whoopi Goldberg and he gets a special feeling down in his known parts. You know, maybe that's how it goes for him. But yeah, anyway. Ted, Dan- Ted Danson did, so it works for somebody. Dude, she's gay, right? Like, we're not buying that, right? That's it. Man, I don't know. I, I You tell me Whoopi Goldberg has a boyfriend. It's like you tell me Ellen DeGeneres has a boyfriend. Like, I wasn't buying Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg when I was, like, 13. Okay, I'm going to say this. Whoopi Goldberg's one of the few people that can say she's gender fluid, not buy it. Because I, I, some days I think she wants to be a woman. Some days I think she wants to be a man. I have a friend who's a man who looks like Whoopi Goldberg. Just saying. But anyway, now that we've totally chased away half the people that have tuned in, let's talk about... <laughs> segues nicely into the NBA. Because since last we left, apparently Phil Jackson accomplished his goal of wanting to get fired. Yeah, sorry. I called that. You did. God damn it. it always... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Did you call it or did you listen to someone report it, came back here and said it, and then went, no, I called no. it? I called that one. That one I called. Okay. I said he was going to get fired. Because well, I researched no one else, it, and he said, no one else and it was says, about that, huh? I don't Go know ahead. if anybody was talking about it. Go ahead. But it says I'm, in his contract, if he quit, he didn't get his money. $60 million is a lot of money. And quite honestly, I think there might be some water to our he was trying to tank theory. But I also had this thought about Phil Jackson in the last week, too. At the Knicks, it has to be the front office. And I can tie all of this in, and Iceman, you're going to love this. I can tie this all into Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. It's got to be a culture thing at the New York Knicks. Because you put Phil Jackson in charge, and you couldn't get it done. Like, Phil Jackson, pretty much, his track record before the New York Knicks was just... (laughs) put him. I guess the, the variable in the New York Knicks is it's the first time he's not you know, running the bench. He's not out on the floor. But you had Phil Jackson as your general manager, and you fired him. There's got to be a culture thing going on in the New York Knicks Association. I mean, well, I, Isaiah Thomas is long gone. So what's what's our what's their excuse now? You know, Mello in the last week has said he wants to waive his no trade clause to get out of there. There's got to be a culture thing going on at the New York Knicks. A lot of bullshit maybe being floated around because the the lore around them and the bullshit of like, you know, what oh, lore? Madison Square Garden is the mecca of baseball or baseball, excuse me, basketball. And 
Like all that, like, dude. You you've been in New York City. All that shit that those fucking Benson Hust motherfuckers buy into. You know what I'm saying? Like all that bullshit. I mean, the best the New York Knicks have been in my lifetime is a playoff team. Have they won an NBA championship in my really? lifetime? Really? Big three? Kevin Garnett? Not ringing a bell? Well, I'm talking about the New York Knicks, not the Boston Celtics. Same thing. No, have what the, the fuck are you talking about? I'm saying if the New York <laughs> Knicks won an NBA title in my lifetime, the best they've been is a playoff I, team. Patrick Ewing, no. Charles Oakley, that era. The best no. they ever did was make the playoffs. I actually don't think they have. So yeah. So what the fuck? Like that's what. But it's where are they? Where is this? New York. Where is this venerated attitude? I guess coming from you ain't the Yankees. You ain't shit. You ain't even the Islanders. Like I just don't get it with the Knicks. It's it's. I, I think it's honestly to me it's a fan base who has that New York ego. That the world doesn't revolve, or the, you know, the Earth doesn't revolve around the Sun. It's that the solar system revolves around New York City. Hey, man, someone who had to—I pretty much lived there six months out of the year for two years. New York ain't that cool. Just saying. And I didn't go to the everything that you saw on TV and in the movies. All right, I went to all the shit you heard about in the rap songs. That's the New York I saw. New York is not that cool, but it's crowded. Yeah, it's crowded, it's dirty, everyone's an asshole. It's like when I went to, it's like... If you're in New York and listening, hey, thanks, but you know what I'm saying is true. Whatever, we shit on Detroit, we're from Detroit, so anybody anybody that's got beef with us telling the truth, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Go go watch ESPN if you want smoke blowing up your ass about where you're fucking... Yeah. Where your parents happened to fucking, your mom decided to fucking shit you out and... What zip code? I'm sure they're leading with the WNBA tonight. But no, I, I honestly, I do think honestly, I do think a lot of this shit for the Knicks is because guys like Spike Lee, all the all the the, the, the motherfucking New York fans, the fucking blah blah blah, and all that shit. I mean, Michael Rapport. Let's be honest, Michael Rapport. He's funny as fuck. That motherfucker ain't ever met a bandwagon he'd want to hop on because he's supposedly a diehard Knicks fan. And he was neck deep in the in the uh, oh. Warriors ass this fucking tear. G Moody the other day giving him fucking just getting in his ass about being uh-huh. a bandwagon guy. Yeah. Oh, someone actually went after him for no, it. G Moody did. Uh, was talking about him being a bandwagon fan with the Warriors, and then uh, so, it was something else that precipitated it. But yeah, no, he got in Rapport's ass the other day. With regards to Phil Jackson, what was reported was he didn't ever want the job. Why'd he take it? $60 million is why he took it, dude. Well, I mean, I guess, but I mean, does Phil Jackson have a gambling problem? Did he need the 60 mil? Do do you not want 60 mil? I'm saying. But he's got 11 rings. I'm sure he already had 60 mil. Wait a minute. Has he went through a divorce or something? That's what I'm saying. Is he got since the Lakers since the Lakers heyday? That'll make a motherfucker take a job he don't want real quick. <laughs> well, you were not lying. Not too sure about that. I know that he is. Yes, he, he does did. have an ex in L.A. Yes, he did. He got divorced in two thousand. But I think that maybe what I was getting 
from uh, getting trying to get to my initial question is, do is maybe Dolan the problem? You had Phil Jackson in your front office. You do dick. Maybe it's not anyone. <laughs> maybe maybe it's not the GM. Maybe it's not the coach. Maybe it's not the players you have. Maybe it's you, Dolan. Am I in the wrong here? No, everybody I listened to has said the exact same thing. Dolan needs to get the fuck on. You had a guy who can wear one ring on each finger and put another one on his cock running your front office, and you couldn't make the playoffs. Had one of the best 21-year-olds in the fucking league with Porzingis, with one of the best shooters, not best defenders, but best shooters at Carmelo Anthony and still can't get her done. Yeah, there's issues. Yeah, you got declining Melo, but he's going to be a Cavalier, right? That's where this is all heading. Like, I mean, he said he'll waive his no-trade clause. Like, I found that shocking yeah, but the only- other day. Only if he gets to go to Cleveland or Houston yeah. will he wave it. He goes anywhere else, L.A., Warriors, nah. Cleveland or Houston, bottom line. Yeah. Well, what about OKC, though? Dude, this offseason has been come so fucked up in the NBA. I just, I, I want to just turn it off and, and move on. PG-13 That's, going like, to OKC. I'm tell, I said it last week. I'll say it again. Oklahoma, it's got to either be the coach, the GM, or the supporting cast, because you had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, and you couldn't win a championship. It ain't the. It, it, it might not be the players in OKC, or it might be the wrong players around your stars. But I mean, is PG thirteen really gonna get OKC over the hump? No, no. <laughs> you had to think Th- about this that. Is, or? No, it, it's this is a another Warriors championship in the making. That's why I was trying to tell you guys throughout the week, yeah, these trades and these signings, they're great news for the players, terrible for the NBA. You love hyperbole, man. You you are, I mean, your secondary nickname should be, like, Chicken Little, bro. Like, it is always, I mean, it's, I mean, if that's how you are, that's how you are, but. That's how he is. <laughs> it's it, it's always, Lord, woe is us. I mean, suck. Everything's going to hell. I mean, so. I'm not worried about the NBA. You know, they're going to make money. They're going to have a TV contract. There's going to be sold-out games. Jerseys are going to sell. Like, you know. To me, the real, the real, the real problem is the, power, the, the shift of power well over to the Western Conference. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about West Side now. I mean, that's just, to me, that's that's got to be like, if I'm the NBA, I'm going, okay, so basically we have Cleveland and whatever team did well this season, and we just have one round of playoffs in the East, and then they just sit on their ass and wait for the Warriors to go through the rest of the teams and throw them in the fucking finals. Right, but that's what I'm saying about all these moves. That's why I said it's terrible for the NBA, because there was a chance for a super team to be formed somewhere that could compete with the Warriors. And with all these signings, it's like everybody's going their own different way, and we're still hey, next year going to wait for the Warriors to get through the playoffs and enter the finals against whoever's left. Let's see a healthy Boston next year. Just saying. I talked shit about them earlier in the playoffs this year. Let's see a healthy Boston hit the playoffs next year. A healthy well, Boston like shouldn't even get through fucking Cleveland, bro. They weren't healthy. They were banged up the whole playoffs, man. What I don't understand is why all of a sudden in 2017, 
I'm hearing that a dynasty in the in the making dynastic is is a bad thing and yet everybody couldn't wait to fucking swing from Chicago Bulls nuts for being that exact thing in the 90s and it was great for the NBA I don't I, so what why is this so bad I mean I people want to watch a winner that's the thing they're going to tune in if fucking if 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 Golden State pulls a three-peat off, they're going to have probably the highest rating since, what, the second Bulls three-peat? I mean, what team's done it since then? Nobody. Lakers tried. Yeah. So Miami. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I don't buy that it's like the end of the world because a dynasty is, is in the making, possibly, because it's, it's always been good for ratings. For any sport, I mean, we we're sitting here and we're looking at it with uh, uh, shit, New England, and when New England's in the Super Bowl, no one's ever going, "Oh boy, the ratings are going to suck this year." You never hear that. Another dynastic team. That's twice. I still said it less than ESPN did within the same amount of time the night Golden State won. The one thing I can say is the one I, I maybe the NBA. I mean, to me, the NBA is this already. Maybe they're in real danger of losing the fringe fans and the casual fans during the regular season because they're going to end up feeling like a lot of the, the fringe and casual NHL fans feel. The season doesn't start till the first game of the playoffs. You know, the 82 games before, that's nice. And it, it, it gets you, you know, you, you're basically fighting for, uh, you know, seeding and position in the playoffs. But the real season starts when, you know, they drop the puck the first game of the playoffs. Point baseball. Stop, stop paying attention to baseball a little bit. But that's later. Uh, so yeah, baseball can, but at least baseball, you can have like some crazy ass pennant races going right down to the wire, aka 2009 game 163. Yeah. Or not pennant races, um, division. You know what I meant. Divi- Pennant races that was uh, pennant race was a long time ago <laughs> yeah. when you just won the pennant and went to the World Series. Oh yeah, yeah. But see, Rich, in other in other sports and other things, even when Chicago Bulls were a dynasty, you had competition. You're saying there's a chance, you know. With the Warriors right now, there just isn't. And with the moves that were made, there there still isn't. There was a lot of moves that could have been made. People could go places, and, you know, it's like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Let's wait and see. Dude, listen Not to now. you. You're just, that's it. And so, I mean, I get it. They're good. I'm on your side. But at the yes. same time, you're just totally ruling out somebody else could totally, somebody else could win. Like, that's it. It's over. I'm calling it now. Absolutely. Live up to my name. Wow. It Warriors is so, 2018 champs. It is Absolutely. July 4th. The Warriors are maybe three weeks out of winning this thing, and Iceman's calling his shot. All right, buddy. Remember this. I'm start. I'm start a thing. Of Iceman promises. Start a it list. Just, it just comes off to me that this is my problem with the sky is falling type of thing, and this is it with any sport. Is that it's it's the easy way out. Sports, for the most part, most. Uh, no, sports is most people playing the game 
go home at the end of the season having lost the last game of their season. So it's real easy to shit on fucking people and be negative because how many teams are in the NBA? Only one holds up the championship trophy at the end of the season. I mean, that's one of the reasons I don't listen to local sports talk is because all they ever do is fucking talk, you know, oh, well, our team suck, our team suck, our team suck. Well, even when they didn't suck, that's all they said. I mean, and it's like, you, dude, you're, you're playing the odds. Okay, well, the, the, and I mean, this isn't, a, this isn't a swipe at you, Earl. I, it, this is just how I feel about, I've talked about this, I think, before you were even on the show. But actually, Chris and I talked about this a little bit. Just it, negativity in sports reporting gets you headlines. That's how come you now have people whose job it is to scream at each other on ESPN. That's it. That's, all, that's their only job. So you get Stephen A. and Rob Parker. Yeah. I mean, Rob Parker made a very good living here in Detroit, basically pissing all over everybody and anybody he could related to any Detroit sports team. And so did Drew Sharp. So, Oh, and he did. Didn't he die? Give a fuck. That's still his legacy. He pissed all over every fucking local sports team for the entire time he was here. But, I mean, Rich, what, I, what I'm saying, though, is it there was a chance. There's a lot of big names that were freed this year in this offseason. There was a chance to get at least two more, quote, super teams, if you want to call it, to make this an interesting season. And it just didn't happen. I don't know why, but it just didn't happen. Yes, Boston's a great team. Absolutely. Especially if they're healthy. But they're not going to compete against the Warriors. You know, you have people like CP3, PG13, Butler, Hayward. Uh, the list is huge. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This was a huge offseason. Didn't Boston get Hayward? Maybe. No, this is maybe. He's he's contemplating offers from like four different teams right now. Well, uh, what uh, didn't Chris Paul go to Houston? Chris Paul went to Houston. So, they, so Chris Paul. So you got CP three and Harden on a team. So now at least Golden or uh, Houston will have uh, one player during the playoffs. See, I did there because Harden didn't show up. You were arguing so vehemently for him to be MVP, and then yeah, after his playoff run. Not so much, huh? Absolutely. It, it, I still think he should have been an MVP, personally, because MVP of the season is not MVP of the playoffs. Well, okay. That's why you should announce it before the playoffs, because it's the season MVP, but whatever. I've never gotten that, personally. Like, give the season awards after the season, and then do a whole different set of awards for the playoffs in every sport. But I'm just... Some asshole with a podcast in a basement. I don't get to make these decisions. Uh, what else happened in the NBA? Have we covered all the big transactions? Uh, how about a $201 million contract to Steph Curry? Oh, oh fuck. Shit. That's right. Steph Curry got signed and Kevin Durant got signed. Steph Curry got, what, five years for $201 million? Yeah. So that's like $40 million a year. And then uh, Durant signed for a pittance from what I saw. Is Durant doing the Tom Brady thing where all his money's on the back end? Well, the reports that I'm hearing is that he basically agreed to take a pay cut just to stay with the Warriors. So, yeah, I, I would I'd probably say yeah, it's close to a long... I mean, I don't know if he's got a back-end loaded contract, but he's definitely doing what Brady has done. At least, at, at least it, that's what gets reported that he's done multiple times, is, okay, let's restructure and renegotiate the contract that I have so we can get more players here, so we can keep winning. 
Well, if you look at him, too, he probably made all his money in OKC, and now he'll win all his titles elsewhere. Yeah, he took less money so that the core of Golden State could stay. Signing Jerome Iguodala. Oh, my God. I keep doing that. Mm -mm. Anyways, Iguodala signing Livingston. The core group, you know, Steph Curry, is staying in, in Golden State, which why it was imperative for people like PG-13, CP3, Harden, Westbrook, all of them to get into one fucking place or two different places to at least show that we're going to compete against this juggernaut that is Golden State, and they just fucking did. I think of all the moves I've heard, I think Houston's got the, your best shot. But you got to calm down because Jeff Teague did go to the Timberwolves. Man, Butler's there. Could happen. Jeff Teague and Jimmy Butler. Come on. Really? Do you hear yourself? Do, do you see where I'm having an issue? I'm stretching. No, I think if any any of the moves that have been made so far, but if Hayward goes to Boston, uh, yeah. There's your super team. You know, you'll probably have Melo go to Cleveland. You know, throw a super team around again. LeBron tells us he's never been on a super team. I can't believe he said that. He knows we have, like, access to, like, all of the information now, right? Like, not only rich people have the internet, right? Like, everybody has it. Like, we can go back and, like, what the fuck are you talking about, Bron Bron? I think it's just a very good example of living in your own little bubble. Yeah. So, I, I, he's LeBron. He probably doesn't have a lot of people to tell him he, he's full of shit. Hey, you know, he has ascended to one of those people that you can refer to by one name and everybody knows who you're talking about. Like Madonna. The, I think the funniest signing in the offseason is Blake Griffin. That was funny. What? Did he sign for a shitload of money to the same team he's already on? Yeah, he signed back with the Clippers for five years, $173 million. Blake Griffin said, I'm retiring a Clipper. That's what Blake Griffin said. Blake Griffin never plays. Motherfucker's injured exactly. more than Gronk. Eh. I don't know. But nobody's injured more than Derrick Rose. And that is, that is a scientific fact. Probably not, but uh, I hear you, though. <laughs> they lost They they lost CP3, and they were like, please don't go Here. Here's almost $200 million. Here's all You're the money. as good as Steph Curry. Please don't go. Here's the money we were going to pay him. You just get it all now. Yeah, but as of, and just because you mentioned his name, as of right now, this is how far he's fallen. The reports are that Derrick Rose is going to meet with the Bucks. What? So, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Let's well, be honest here. If, if, if. If Wisconsin had, was given a professional hockey team, would it not go the very first season they played as far as popularity of their teams? Would it not go Packers, Wisconsin, their N, their NHL team, and the Bucks? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I remember when you know Derrick Rose was going to be the savior in Chicago, and they were ready to erect his statue next to fucking to Jordan's. And, yeah, I mean, what was it? What was it? Uh, one of the first memes we sent each other when we started Derrick Rose uh, playoff outfit, and it was a that's just what, a picture of a suit. That's one of my favorite memes of all time. <laughs> At least sports related. 
Derrick Rose playoff uniform, a suit. Yeah, it's a picture of like a suit ad or something like that. Yeah. That motherfucker. Well, the biggest uh, juggernaut that they're trying to make, they're trying, and, and Rich, you got to be happy here, is the 76ers. I don't know what the fuck's going on in Philly. <laughs> Philly apparently has abandoned their, the, the process, proper noun status in full effect on that, on, on that term, and just, and just said, fuck it. I don't know what the fuck is going on in Philly. I, wanted, I really wanted to, to, to call my boy, who's from Philly, and be like, What's up with your boys, man? And just listen to him because he'd probably go off for a good an hour, a good hour. We could, I could probably have him guest on the show and just go off, and we could just go take a break for an hour. <laughs> we get him together with a fucking uh, Chicago Bears fan. Just let them do their own show. There you guys. Oh uh, no, that's the Bears. You guys probably go off for about six hours together. Go. But yeah, it's been since Iverson, since Philly's been revel- relevant in uh, basketball, right? Pretty much, man. But we're trusting the process now. Who's even there? I, the last person I knew that Joel was... Joel Embiid. Philadelphia <laughs> was uh, Iguodala, and he's on Golden State now. But... Do we hit all the NBA free agent talk? Uh, I, I, I just don't know why they call him Joel Embiid. It's Joel. It's fucking Joel. Hey, man. You don't tell him how to say his name. <laughs> Jay Quellen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a Jay Quellen here? Balake. I, I swear to God, if you all say some dumbass name, you're going to feel my wrath. Oh, since you won't be a smart ass, you can go see O'Shaq Hennessy. You mean Mr. O'Shaughnessy? Get the hell out of my <laughs> Timothy. You don't mess up, eh, Aaron? Timothy, present. Yeah, that's that's. Dude, let's just be honest, man. Is it? It's it's it's. What's the what would be the proper uh, uh, way to put this? Uh, the PC way to put it. It's a. Uh, it's an urban way of. Of uh, pronouncing names, I guess that's about as politically correct as I can say it. Urban, we all know that's the new that's the new white speak for black, right? When you say urban, I, I don't know. I, that's what people think now. I think the first time I started hearing urban in, in in reference to anything involving black people that lived in the city was from all the hip hop marketing clothes that was that came out in the nineties, like cross colors, bum, used, damaged, urban clothing. I'm like urban. You mean black urban and outfitters and and and, and, and wiggers because only uh, only white boys who thought they were black wore that shit. Wigger, please. The the yo homie G skillets as I called them. The word to your mothers. Yo homie dog yeah. slice nuts. Running around in their in their uh, uh, Charlotte Hornet starter jackets and shit. I was a white kid in the suburbs who owned a cross colors T-shirt. I will cop to that. Thirty eight. It's okay now. I was like twelve. Whatever, man. I had some Z Cavaricci dress shirts that were smooth. I don't give a fuck. One yeah. was purple, and one was like gold. That shit looked like something <laughs> out of a co- that shit looked like something out of a color me bad video. But that shit was pimp back in the day, man. Especially with my fucking vest on. Yeah, were you, buddy. Were you a Vikings fan, or did you like Prince? No, I said that one was one was purple, and the other one was gold. I say it was purple and gold. Ah, whatever, man. I ain't afraid to wear color. Shit. <laughs> oh no! Remember, I wore a royal blue suit. To our graduation at Specs, I, mm-hmm. I had a three-piece royal blue suit. 
I think I still have that in my closet. I, I think I said something about Don Cherry's fucking jealous of that suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a picture of us somewhere holding uh, some weed in a pipe, and you can see you wearing that suit. So, Oh, man. I wore it to my uncle's wedding and shit the same year. Oh, so am, am I the only one of us three that think they should have really thought about where they're going for a championship Who? instead of the money? Dude, I think a lot of these players said, fuck it, I'm, we're not top-tier players that Golden State or Cleveland or Houston's coming after, so we're going to go get paid. Yeah. And if we happen to stumble into a fucking NBA Finals on top of that, that's just gravy on the potatoes. I yeah, honestly but if, think if you get Paul George, CP3, and Harden all in Houston, come on now. You got a shot. I'm saying there's Whatever. a chance. Again, you had Harden, Durant. And Westbrook on a team, and you couldn't win. Let's say to that. See results. Oh, okay. All right. And Harden beat Westbrook, and Durant won the finals. So where's the missing link there? Uh, supporting players, coaching, GM, which is linked to supporting players, owner, well, culture. You know, I'm just you saying, I, I, I honestly don't think Russell Westbrook is that good of a player. He just, I, I really well, don't. Michael Rappaport has the best synopsis of. Russell Westbrook, I've heard. He's a one-man band. That's the problem. Like, yes, he set the triple-double record, which means he passed the ball. But at the same time, like, he, he, Russell Westbrook is one of those people that needs to be the guy where he, wherever he's at. I think that was the problem with him and, and Durant, is you get two guys who wanted to be the guy. Durant, I guess, was big enough to, like, kind of, uh, um, you know, secede, so to speak, to Westbrook. But I don't know, man. When you're the only guy holding the ball, you better set a triple-double record. You should set a quadruple-double record if you'd I like to. the first part of that sentence is the problem, when you're the only guy holding the ball. Well, I'm saying, you know, Kobe Bryant had over 60 points his last game, but he was the only one shooting the fucking ball, too. He's getting it fed to him, though, too. Kobe Bryant's last game was a joke. That's how I feel about Westbrook, man. Serious. He's the only one there that takes shots. He's the only one there that sets people up. Kobe Bryant's... Last game had the fucking other team wasn't even trying that hard because it didn't matter to either of the teams playing, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that did smack of Favre laying down for fucking Strahan so he could get the sack title. I mean, that that whole game was just one big version of that. And I mean, I don't know, maybe that's a respect thing. To me, that's not respectful. I, I'd rather go out there and fucking, I'd rather there be blood on the floor at the end of the game. Then people just basically act like it's an all-star game and play no defense. Yeah, say Kobe Bryant's last game was like the Pro Bowl. Like, hey, we're just happy to be in Hawaii. Well, before we get off uh, basketball, I just <laughs> and this is just you guys follow it more than me, but I just got to ask, what the fuck's going on in Detroit? Does Stan Van Gundy have any idea what he's doing, or is he just fucking throwing darts at a dartboard he's, and making a decision that way? He's here for a paycheck. Okay, because you got okay. Is he so? Is he SJWing again? Is that what you're referring to? No, you got Contavious Caldwell Pope. Oh yeah, right? I saw that shit. And they're gonna have to pay up to keep him. They didn't even offer a uh, 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 Bullock uh, uh, an extension. Didn't somebody just get in some trouble with the law in the last week? And Baines basically said, "No, I'm good. I don't. I, I'm. I, I'm not going to take my. I'm not going to take my option. I rather. I'll, I'll go be a free agent somewhere else. I mean, and it's not Baines with his, you know, 
5.2 points per game. It's not like it's a great loss, but I mean, I thought I thought he I thought Van Gundy was here to build a team and just seems to me it's like okay, who's who's Detroit's star player at this point? Cricket. Cricket. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Every fucking team, no matter who it is, you got one player that you go, "Oh, I recognize his name." I mean, I guess I'd make I guess I'd make the argument that Caldwell Pope is like probably the best known and the most the player whose name I hear the most out of local Pistons fans. But he ain't a super. He ain't a star. He damn sure ain't a superstar. He just happens to be the most recognizable guy, most recognizable guy on a team. That when people make memes asking about where your NBA team is going to be next season, they don't even put the Pistons on there. Yeah, I'm leaving at PG-13. It's going to be a destination for winning. Right now, we're not that destination. We're a destination for if you're on your way up. Right now, the Detroit Pistons are like the state fair, all right? And if you're a band, if you're a band playing the state fair, you are on your way up or you are on your way down. That's kind of what we're. If you go to the Pistons right now, that's kind of where you're at in your NBA career. Well, I mean, and here's another thing: he is the head coach plus president of the ba- of basketball operations. What? We do have Drummond. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so you got he's he's the head coach and he's president of the team. How many times have we heard people say that this doesn't work when this with this type of situation? Yeah, when he came here to Detroit and it was announced that he was going to coach him and be president of operations. People's just, oh yeah, well, yeah, this is this is great. This is great for Detroit. He's going to build the team from the ground up in 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 the image he wants it built. Okay, well, what image is that? I mean, I, 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 what's 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 this team's identity? They have none. And I mean, Christ, he's been here since 2014. Now it's not like he just got here. <laughs> they kind of remind me of the monkeys. They're not even a real group. <laughs> Pretty much, I, I don't know. Damn, it, it's just it. It's a sad thing. If I, I, I do feel sorry because I know some pretty hardcore Pistons fans, and I, I'm like, together. I just feel sorry for him because, and all this, all I mean, dude, it's just been a fucking free for all and free agency, and we haven't even got to the date where they can actually sign the paperwork and make it official. That's what the sixth or seventh. I mean, this is, and there's been this much movement, this much talk, and I mean, I've heard people say that the off season is more exciting to watch than the regular season for a lot of people who are NBA fans. It is. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That everybody knew the Warriors were going to win. There wasn't a team that could touch them. The only person coming close is LeBron and his Cavs, and they couldn't handle it. Dude, who fucking gave any team going up against the Jordan Bulls a chance to beat them? Nobody. Idiots. Nobody. People who aren't sports writers anymore. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's well, and, I mean, and those series chances. None though. of the none of those series went to seven games. I yeah, mean, the last what game? What, what series? What final series went to seven games out of those six championships? I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but I know there was a seventh game. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong. Their last championship, they completely swept uh, Utah, didn't they? I believe they did. That sounds right. We'll go with that. <laughs> you know, and that was what? That was once once the Pistons were dismantled in the early 90s. I mean, who, who, what? Portland? Was that the threat to, to the great threat to the Jordan-led Bulls? No. Sure wasn't. The Lakers 
fuck out of here. What were the Lakers doing in the in the early to mid nineties? Rebuilding. <laughs> Already scouting Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Trying to recover from magic attaining the AIDS virus. <laughs> exactly, attaining. <laughs> what does magic stand for? My ass got infected, coach. That's an old one. Hey, Anyways, it, it, yeah, I just I just wanted to point out that Detroit is. If you are a Detroit Pistons fan, welcome to another season where I'm going to say, what, a quarter way into it, they're going to be giving tickets away at Burger King or some shit. <laughs> yeah. You could be caller everybody and win a ticket. Just to point something out, the Red Wings didn't make the playoffs for the first time in 25 years. They get a, a new stadium this this coming up season along with the Pistons, and no one gives a single fuck about, well, the Pistons are getting a new stadium because it was an afterthought to put them there in the first place. It was literally, hey, what about the Pistons? I don't know. I guess we can move them downtown. Do you guys want to come downtown? Sure. All right. Come on. Yeah. Now there's a big arena that's not going to be used, probably torn down. <laughs> they just dumped millions in a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's, it's still considered state-of-the-art. There we go. It's just probably the niche of, hey, we'll have all four of them downtown within blocks of each other, which I do think is cool. But, uh. yeah, we could we, we could we could go into how Detroit has a problem with tearing down old stadiums and all that. But then <laughs> it's funny because you know all the shit over Tiger Stadium, all the shit over uh, the Silver Dome, which is still going on. It is amazing to me that place is still standing. And then, I, but they're just talking about, yeah, we're just going to blow up the fucking the palace. No big deal, whatever. And yeah, everyone's like, okay, blow it up. No one cares. I mean, I, I doubt there's going to be people lined. I mean, there's going to be people lined. In, people line up to watch any demolition. But when Joe Louis Arena goes, there's going to be a hell of a lot more people there to watch that than when the palace goes. I guarantee it for sure. I'm calling it right now. There you go, Rich making his own. Ice prediction. So I guess have we beat basketball to death enough? Have we wrung everything out of basketball we can <laughs> wring out of it for this week? Uh, we talk a little bit about um, shifting gears to the only thing that'll be going on next week. Oh, next week's show. I think what do we say? Next week we're gonna uh, pick the uh, line schedule. <laughs> It'll give us something to do. Uh, but tennis, um, Venus. Williams apparently being found at fault in a car accident where somebody died. Um, is she going to go to jail? Do we know anything about that yet? Or if they just. It's Venus Williams, she ain't going to jail. Stop it. It's true. pay her way out. She's rich. Yeah. I don't see her going to jail, but <laughs> whoever was killed in that car accident, their family's going to get paid. Yeah. All of their children will be going to college for the next few generations, whether they want to or not. Yeah, and it's pretty sad because compared to Venus, this is the only reason anyone's talking about, uh, or uh, Serena, this is the only reason anyone's talking about Venus. It's true. Well, Serena was what? She had beef last week. Who the fu- who'd she have beef Mac- with? McEnroe. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then she pulled her best uh, Demi Moore and posed naked, pregnant, because, you know, apparently we're still stupid and believe in fucking magic and believe that you know it's a miracle that people get pregnant after yeah, they no, fall what is this fascination with like there's seven billion of us 
everyone has a baby. Like what? I don't get it. Like what? To, Maybe because I'm not a father. I don't know. To quote Bill Hicks. But you have a kid. You saw. There's. You, you have the same mindset as me. There's to, to to quote Bill Hicks. There's nothing miraculous about fucking, and nine months later a kid comes out. Then there, there's nothing more miraculous about that than there is about eating and eight hours later having to take a shit. Okay, it's cause and effect. It's a chemical reaction that happens in your body. There's no miracle. There's no stork. There's no angel that comes down and kisses your forehead while you're sleeping and you get pregnant. It happens. And I mean, we, dude, I can tell you why it's fucking a big deal. And it's going to piss off a lot of people. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot more people that are going to be nodding when they hear me fucking say it. But they, they're going to be like, I ain't going to say that shit in public because I ain't going to take the heat for it. It's because it's fucking, oh, oh, look at this. Look how beautiful this woman looks, even though she's fucking bloated up and shit and blah, 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 blah. Here's the deal. Ask a guy, strap them in, get women out of the room, pump them full of truth serum. Most guys aren't attracted to pregnant chicks. Unless it's their wife. That's different because she's carrying your kid, all right? But we in, in, in society today, we got to lie and be like, oh, every, every woman's beautiful, no matter. Beautiful, beauty, beautiful at any size. Oh, okay. Knock yourself no, I out. Think it's, I think it's more for, like, Serena Williams. She's, like, the shit in tennis. She's, like, the, the number She's Michael Jordan of tennis, if you will. I thought Tom it was Serena. Yeah. Which one of them? I thought Serena was the best one. That's what I yeah. said. Ah. And she's taken time to have a child while she's at the top of everybody's list for tennis. Nobody cares. That oh. I think that's the big whoa. That's how I if feel. You will. Nobody should care. Hey, you didn't use a condom. Congrats. I I mean, yeah. And hey, it's going to take at least some wind out of her sails and in her career for a little bit because there's going to be recovery time. But she's a professional athlete who's in better shape than 99.9% of the people in this country, I guarantee you she's going to bounce back a lot more than Susie Homemaker from Buttfuck Utah. I guarantee you that. But hey, her sister killed a chick, so isn't that what everybody else is going to be talking about? <laughs> you're having a kid a and you're at the top of your fucking game, but dude, your sister killed somebody. Do you think right now that the, 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 the Williams sisters are at like a 4th of July family barbecue and Serena's like, damn it, Venus. I pose nude, pregnant, on the cover of a magazine. Come on, you out go- in the motherfucking world, and here you come. <laughs> yeah, you got to go kill somebody and steal my thunder. See, uh, we know where the fuck up is, huh? Right? <laughs> Brick stabbed a man in the heart with a trident. <laughs> Wasn't Venus the one on the wrong side of the upset, too? What, when they play? Yeah. Most of the time, as as far as I remember, most of the time Venus was getting her handed to her, her ass handed to her by Serena. Yeah, unless they're playing doubles. Uh, as time grew on, yeah, and doubles. I'm, what the fuck is that's like a firing squad, bro? <laughs> you don't want one of them bitches hitting a tennis ball at you. The best quote I ever heard about the Williams sisters was a guy I knew, and he said, "I can't decide if they're pretty monsters or ugly humans." And I was like, "Yeah, damn." damn. That's rough, bro. Savage. And he's like, look at him, dude. Seriously. If there was a guy built like that, you'd be like, that's a big motherfucker. This is a woman. I'm like, oh, I hear wait, you. Wait. Is this person, who said this, is this person who said this black? Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's, there you go. Saved. You know. He didn't say, he didn't say monkeys. He said uh, monsters. There's a difference. 
No, I get it. Monsters has no racial. What? Monsters has a racial overtone now? <coughs> that puts a whole different spin on uh, Space Jam. Yeah. We're in bad need of Don Imus for this. No. No one's ever in bad need of Don Imus for anything. I just need him to say one thing. Maybe 20 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, I tried more like 30. Yeah. So, I guess, do we really say all there is to need to be said about Venus? I mean, but it's, she's rich. She'll probably get, what, a thousand hours of community service. Well, I, I mean, don't even look. think she gets community service. I think she gets probation and years of probation. She, she'll lose her driver privileges. She'll have to have a chauffeur. Oh, and no. somebody's getting fucking a lot of money. She probably already has. Well, well probably I mean, not if she's running into people at intersections. I mean, here's, you know, we're sitting here, and, and I'm more guilty of it than even you two, you know, cracking jokes and, you know, whatever about the situation. Look, it is a fucked up situation. All right? She wasn't drunk. She wasn't high. There was no malicious intent. It's just one of those things that fucking happens. All right? And it sucks. It's got to suck for the family, you know, of, of anybody hurt or killed in a car accident where there's no, like, this isn't, this isn't like a, uh, oh, who's a, the fucking lead singer from Motley Crue who killed the guy, his, his buddy, and they were driving drunk. Vince Neil. Thank you. I mean, he was, he was like, what, three, three times over the legal limit. And this was back in the eighties when the legal limit was probably like 1.8 or 0.18. I mean, so he must've been blowing like Bob Probert going across the border fucking levels of drunk. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's a clear cut case of, oh, you're a fucking asshole, you know, or more recently, if you want to get down to it, a guy like Ryan Dunn from the jackass crew, you know, fucking blood alcohol levels 0.2 something. And doing 140 miles per hour in a Porsche and fucking destroys it and bursts into flames and dies that way and happens to take out somebody else, too, in the process. You know, I mean, it, but this isn't that type of situation. This is it just, from everything I've heard, it's just pure fucking just shitty circumstances. So, I mean, if I'm that family, and it's and this is how this, this is how America works these days. Someone famous kills your family member, whether it's through no malicious intent, pure fuckery accident, you're going to get paid. And you're going to get paid because there's going to be lawyers beating down your door wanting to get paid also. And if they, if the parents are like, no, nah, we're good, we're not going to sue, we understand, they're going to find somebody in that family to say that they're going through pain and suffering and they're going to file the lawsuit on their behalf. And, I mean, to me, that just kind of sucks. Because to me, shouldn't this be a situation where just for the sake of everybody involved, they could do it behind closed doors without it going and being in the public? I mean, wouldn't it... Wouldn't it be a little bit more, I don't know, and coming from this podcast, it's weird to hear this word, classy. I don't know. <laughs> what? We're not classy? We're about as classy as Colorado Kool-Aid, a.k.a. Coors Light, yeah. We're, <laughs> We're classy as Colt 45. We do it every <laughs> time. You stay classy, San Diego. Classy like a pair of jorts. <sighs> Pretty much. Well, with that, Rich, all jokes aside, I guess it pisses a lot of people off, and I can't say it pisses me off, it's just the way life is, that an athlete like Venus or anybody else, NFL's had the same problem with people getting killed and whatnot, that somebody could have their life taken by somebody else, and that person's allowed to go off and live their life and do what they do. Meanwhile, the person they killed's gone, and their family's just like, okay, deal with it. Venus right now is is in her her championship 
her, her well, I don't know if she's in the championship, but she's in her tennis match, and she's out on the court playing and everything. And then she goes and cries crocodile tears in front of a camera. You think those are crocodile tears? I do. I absolutely do. See, I absolutely do. You you know me well enough to know that if I honestly thought they were crocodile tears, I'd be the first one to say it. I think she. I think she's now. I think she's genuinely upset, and it's fucking with her. Now, why is it fucking with her? Maybe because she's sitting there thinking, "Oh, I'm just watching these bags of money fly away because of this." And that's what's upsetting her. I don't know. I'm not in her head. But I think she's genuinely upset about the situation. Is it for the quote-unquote right reasons? Because another human being is is no longer on this planet because of her? Or is it because of selfish reasons? Like, oh shit, how's this going to affect my brand? I don't know. But I think she's genuinely upset. I, I, I don't think she's not upset. She's probably upset, but I don't think she's to the point of tears. Or that it's going to bother her. She's out on the court, dude. She's focused as shit. She's like, here we go. we got this. We're going to run this way. Forehand served this way. Backhand this way. Everything's groovy. You're she gets in front of the cameras and sat down, and it's, oh, oh, oh I can't talk right now. You think it fucks Get the with fuck her? out of here. You think it fucks with her that you killed somebody? What if you accidentally killed somebody? You think you'd just be able to brush it off? I wouldn't be in a fucking tennis match the next day, dude. If I Here, killed somebody, would you be at work? I, I the, would you be at I work not. the next day? I would not. And here, and and dude, I know I, I I've known you for a long time. I believe that about you, but that's not the type of person you are. If I had to describe you, I would you would overly sentimental. You take things. You wear your heart right on your sleeve. You take things way harder than the average person does, and you obsess about it. Some okay, people do it. But Hold let's on. Think but, this. And, this is, and this isn't just you. There's a lot of people like that. And there's a lot of people who do shit like have a marriage of 25 years, fall apart, and they throw themselves into work and they never miss a day. And in fact, they increase the amount of time they spend at work because that's how they deal with it. They deal with it by not dealing with it. Okay, but we're first of all, if, if we're talking about me, I'm Joe Public, I'm arrested, and I'm sitting in jail the next day. But this is, this is Venus Williams, and she's big-time tennis player. So she gets to do whatever the fuck all she wants. With that one, I'll agree with you. Okay. And, and, and well, here's the thing. I don't think you, and if you, if this was you, I don't think you should be sitting in jail. The minute, yeah, maybe taken into custody, questioned, but unless there's intent or you were criminally neg- negligent, meaning drunk, high, distracted, whatever the fuck, yeah, I don't think you should be fucking, I don't think you should have to go to jail for that. I agree with you. That's another podcast. Just for this, with Venus... She's out. She gets to do whatever the fuck she wants. But we can both, we can all three agree, okay, that she's well enough in money that she didn't have to appear at work the next day. Why go? Withdraw. Had a traumatic experience. People have withdrawn because they got a fucking cold. They stubbed their toe. Their thumb's not right. Their fucking underwear was dirty. You killed somebody. Sit your ass at home and think about that. But I don't think this was next day, though. That's the thing. Is I think uh, this was they found her like the she was sued for wrongful death, and they and she was found liable. Like I don't think this was the next day. Hold on, I'm actually trying Maybe. to trying to get the uh, uh, the car crash happened earlier this month. Hold on, I don't care about the. Uh, it says that the guy died on June twenty second. And his daughter filed a wrongful death suit on June 29th. 
Okay, so police say Venus Williams was at fault in a deadly car crash this month in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. In a report authorities released on Thursday, this was an article through Huffington Post that came out on the 30th. Uh, in a report that authorities released on Thursday, police alleged the tennis player was traveling around five miles per hour when she failed to yield the right of way to another driver in an intersection. Linda Barson, 68, told police she had a green light when Williams' car cut in front of her and she was unable to avoid hitting the car's sport, the Star Sport utility vehicle. Her husband, 78, Jerome Barson, was in the passenger seat and sustained a head injury. He was taken to the hospital where he died two weeks later. All right, look, let's just be honest here. Five miles per hour, they plow into her because she didn't yield the right away, which means she probably rolled the fucking stop sign, a California stop, if you will, which I see every fucking day because in my line of work, I'm on the road every day. It happens all the time. This guy's 78, and he dies of a head injury from a car accident that was... I mean, it doesn't say the, the speed that they were traveling when they hit her, but, I mean, five miles per hour and they hit her, that's what she's doing? I mean, let's say... Uh, just... If it's a back street, if they're doing over 25, well, they were breaking the law. Five miles an hour, that's like idling. That's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what she was doing. She was hit because they say she failed to yield the right away, which to me sounds like she rolled the stop sign. So, but anyway, 78 years old, dies I'll, of I'll throw you one better. I'll throw you one better, Rich. Let's say she's not at fault at all. Let's say she was involved in a car crash, and then this man died, and it was their fault, not hers, not even a little bit. Take time off. Just sit down. For what? Getting in that? It wasn't. This wasn't like a horrific wreck. What is she taking time off from? Because a man died in an accident that you were involved in two weeks ago. Okay, we all have our own grieving period. I'm one not to talk about Wimbledon's that. in like a week. Like by then, yeah. He he literally he literally was in the hospital for two weeks before he died. And he died on June twenty second. We're recording this July four. And she just broke down. What the other day? Yesterday? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. To me, to me, dude, you're coming off like, oh, it, it, she's, she isn't grieving enough for you or grieving properly for you. I'm not going to judge her grieving preference. It's not for me to judge, especially after what I've been through. You personally. have for like the last 20 minutes. I haven't. I haven't. I'm saying with what all has transpired, just sit down and take a second. Don't be out in the spotlight doing your damn thing. Well, the family of the people that died have to sit there and plan a funeral. Come on, now. I'm, I, it's more respect than anything else. It's not a, about her grieving preference or how long she grieves. It's a respect issue, if you will. Well, all right, if we want to get right down to it, the man was 78. How much is she supposed to pay for a 78-year-old who died? It's not like the motherfucker had a whole bunch of life ahead of him. I mean, if you want to get right down to it, that's the brass tax. That's how they decide pain and suffering and loss of life in these type of cases when they make a, de a decision on, on how much they recommend the judgment is for you you if this had happened and it had been a five-year-old kid that had died venus williams could very well fucking be looking at going bankrupt between lawyers court fees and the settlement or excuse me if it did if she didn't settle lawyers court fees and and the uh, ruling 78 year old man come on now the only reason anybody's going to give a ton of money to that family is because she's venus williams and she's got the money. Now, is that being cold-blooded? I don't know. That's the way the law is. So don't shoot the messenger for telling you how the law is fucking on the books. I I don't know. I didn't think you were crocodile tears. 
I think she fucked up about it. To me, the fact that she didn't automatically go to the fucking press, release a statement, or, or excuse me, read a statement, and break down immediately afterwards, to me, it, it, she, the reality of the situation is probably settled in. And I, I don't know, man. I know too many people that deal with fucking tragedy by just diving into work or diving into something else. Not everyone retreats to their house and starts doing the most self-destructive thing they can find. And nowhere am I saying she should, bro. But she should be all over nationwide TV doing her thing while the family that's lost so you their just loved one. Literally are saying that she shouldn't. You're saying that she shouldn't and then you're you're saying that she doesn't think that she shouldn't and then you're saying that she thinks she shouldn't. I don't think she should have to retreat and be in a somber mood and shoot up needles and just sit there and hate herself for killing a seventy eight year old man. It's not what I'm saying. But you shouldn't be out on TV doing your fucking thing, living your life. While the family of the 78-year-old man has to plan a fucking funeral. Well, I'm sure she was being probably interviewed about Wimbledon and not about the car crash. She was just probably asked about the car crash. And this is probably, I mean, I don't know, man. You're, you're, you're making her be out to be a little bit more cold and calculating than I think she is. Bro, I'm saying in reality, I don't want to watch the person that killed my you, grandfather or dad or whoever. You don't have to. There's a button on the remote that can change the channel or shut it off you don't have to like that's beautiful thing we have a choice there's also yeah. something there's also something that there's also something that we haven't talked about is that she is a financial force unto herself it is not just her it is everybody that makes a living off of her and she's made enough money and she's famous enough to where she can be isolated from the quote-unquote real world by these people, and I'm talking about before the accident, and so after the accident, if she's in a state of, I don't know what the fuck to do, and she goes to her trusted confidants, and they tell her, go out, play, go do what you would normally do, blah, 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 yeah, she could just be taking their fucking, their advice, and their advice, you know, it maybe it's coming from a place, I don't know any of these people, don't know any of these people at all, maybe it's coming from a place of, of this is how we, we know Venus, this is how she, the best way for her to deal with it, because if she, if she does re retreat and pull out of, you know, the, the tournament she's in, she's the type person that's going to dwell on this shit, and it's just going to snowball from there, it's not good, or it could be coming from a place of, look here, I got a fucking, I got a mortgage to pay, and I got kids in college, bitch, you better get out there and, and keep making money so I can keep getting paid, and that's the sad part of all this, is that, I mean, there's a lot of sad parts of this situation, but I mean, that's that's just the reality of the world we live in, that when we see sports people, well, even when we talk about them, we don't bring up their agents, their managers, their families. I mean, most sport, most guys who and, and females who are this level of famous and wealthy in sports have a whole army of people that they're fucking keeping afloat behind them. I mean, it's they are a corporation unto themselves, and they have to keep that fucking money rolling in. They feel obligated to. I mean, I go, once again, go back and watch the 30 for 30 uh, broke. Listen to a guy like, uh, uh, oh, shit. God damn it. Uh, Bernie Kozar, thank you. I'm sitting here trying to remember his name. Bernie Kozar talk about he had his dad collecting a paycheck off him, his, his mother, cousins, business people, business partners, all that. Constantly push him. Come on, man. Come on. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. We need this. We need this. You know, he signed a contract. All of a sudden, 
all his family members went out and were buying houses and shit that they couldn't afford because, hey, don't worry about it. Bernie just signed an NFL contract. He's an NFL quarterback now. He'll, he'll cover everything. I mean, it, dude, and that's family. That's one thing. But there was, there was people that he's not related to that were doing that. If, Chris, if for some reason you get a fucking job making 10 figures tomorrow, I'm not going to go out and be like, fuck my job and go buy a goddamn mansion in, in Bloomfield Hills because, well, Chris has got money, so I'm going to have money now. Don't worry. Chris will get the tab. Oh, no, not, that would be me, actually. <laughs> that's not how shit works. I mean, you can't just make that assumption, but people do. So, I mean, it just... It, Look, it sucks. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, hey, look, you know, fuck the guy. He's 78. But I mean, look, he's 78. He sat in the hospital for two weeks before he went from a head injury. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the details of it. But I mean, how much did how old he was play into a, it, it factor into the fact that he's no longer here? His wife's 68, and she survived the crash. So I, you know, I I don't know, man. There's, there's a whole lot more there than just cut and dried, left or right, black or white. And, and probably, honestly, we'll never know everything because most likely this court case is going to get settled out of court, like most lawsuits do. With a checkbook. Exactly. Her, she's going to go to her, she's going to finish Wimbledon, she's going to go to her legal team, and they're going to say X amount of money to go to court plus whatever they rule against you versus settling for this. And you pay us our fees, and we and and then we you just keep us on retainer until you need us next time. And most people who are celebrities or athletes go, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Let me cut you this check, pay my fees, and then go back to my life. Where do I sign? Believe me, if Bill Cosby could have cut a check and kept his ass out of court, he'd have done it. The problem was it was a criminal prosecution. And it don't work that way. I mean, that's the other thing. There's been no charges filed against her as, as far as I saw in anything I've read. They're just saying she's at fault for the accident. Being at fault for an accident doesn't mean that you've committed a crime. It just means you were the one who's at fault. So, yeah. And I'm sure she's... Do you think, do you think Venus Williams is, is driving around without insurance on her car? <laughs> I highly doubt that. I know, right? You know... Somewhere there's an insurance company going, God damn it. We're going to be paying a whole lot for this shit. Yeah, her rates are going up. Big time. She Even if they don't take her license, it might be a good idea to get a driver or at least keep you know Uber on speed dial. Hey, did you got to do Venus? First of all, I'll say that if I had that much money, I love driving. But if I really wanted to drive, I'd go buy like 20 acres and build a fucking track and go drive on that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, Dirt when, it hills. To, when, it, when it came to driving on, on surface streets and highways and shit, I do. There'd be someone driving me because that way that motherfucker gets in trouble if he does something, not me. That is just that is too easy of a way for people to fucking go. Oh, I was in this fender bender with you, and you're rich. All of a sudden, my neck hurts, my back hurts. I need, I need half your honor, half his shit. I'm good on that, man. Hey, well, let's let's you know, let's stop talking about death and bagging on Venus. Uh. Uh, start bagging on boxing, because uh, uh, the uh, Manny Pacquiao fought over the weekend. Who the hell did he fight? Jeff Horn. And you guys, it sounds like you guys actually might have watched the fight or know more what happened. What what went on? Well, the fight was in Australia, where Horn's from, and it went to distance, and it was a unanimous decision, if I'm if I'm remembering here correctly, that. 
he won the fight. Really? And the and the minute that that now I was at work while the fight happened, I got home, sat down, fired up social media, and all I saw was anybody who is even mildly interested in boxing crying foul. This is a fix. This is a bunch of bullshit. And usually when I hear people start crying foul and fix, especially in sports, I kind of roll my eyes. The boxing has such a bad history of, of being fixed and, you know, shit happening behind the scenes. I can't just dismiss it out of hand. Mm-hmm. So, obviously there's going to be a rematch. I think it was in the contract. That if, he, if Jeff Warren won, there was going to be a rematch. Funny part is, earlier in the day, I was listening to ESPN radio, and the I can't remember exactly who they were ta- the guy they were talking to, but he said basically, if Horn wins, this is an upset on par with like Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. Well, it happened, and sure as shit, yeah, boom, he he ends up winning and gets the decision. So, a lot of people didn't think it should have went the distance. It was. It just wasn't the fight that it should have been. It, it, people are yelling "fix," and, and and these are credible people. It's not just fans going "ah bullshit." You know, the credible people in boxing are yelling "fix" because there. It just didn't look like a fight that should have been the, the way it should have went. And you, you could say it's a money grab, and it probably is. I personally feel that it is a money grab. It was signed as a money grab. It's going to. Rematch is a money grab. You know, it just looks like Manny Pacquiao heard that Mayweather and, and Conor McGregor are getting all this money to fight, and he was like, well, I want some money. And that's what this fight looked like. It was terrible. Well, Pacquiao ain't broke. What are you talking about, man? Bro, you got to get off the fact that people have to be broke to want money. They're not broke because they want money. <laughs> Somebody throw $60 million your way or $100 million your way, you're not going to say no. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care how much money you have. But, yeah, I, I, but I guess what you're suggesting is Pacquiao went out looking for you know payday. Someone probably came to him and said, "Hey, why don't you fight? Fight this guy. We'll give you sixty million dollars to take the fall." Hey. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like you know some Pulp Fiction in the fifth. Your ass goes down or some shit. I mean, this went to distance. I mean, but you got to also this guy was a fucking school. Jeff Horn was a school teacher before turning professional in 2013. I mean, he's 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 won 18. He's fought 18 times, and he's won all 18 times. And going in that fight, he had 17 fights, and he had won them all. I mean, you were exactly right when you were playing the Rocky theme. This is some fucking made for you know Hollywood type story shit, and I, it's just like I I don't know. Boxing is so. This is another thing. I think it's another reason that boxing has taken a big hit in recent years. It's it has such a sketchy history, man, of fights being fixed and where the fight happens. And and I mean, one of the first things that was said is, okay, this guy's from you know Horns from Australia. The fight was in Australia. Where the fuck were the judges from? I have no idea. No, I mean that's that was that was the questions being asked, and this is by people who. Boxing is their livelihood, whether reporting on it, training, whatever. You know, and I, here's here here's the here's the part that makes me go really is that Pacquiao has just been calm and cool about this shit. You know, he said he had to respect the decision. 
But then he also threw in there, yeah, we also, I also got a clause in there for a rematch. And they said, well, do you think he won the fight? And he said, I was pretty confident I won the fight. You know, and his trainers, of course, now here's where you get into, like, the real shit, saying, you know, oh, they, they weren't calling, you know, headbutts, and he was holding them, and blah, 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 and all this good shit. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I've never really understood the scoring in boxing as well as I guess I should have, or should, or should not should have, should. But, I mean, uh, to me, it's just like, dude, so many people coming out saying this is a bunch of horse shit. That much smoke, there's got to be some fire. And, I mean, hey, let's be honest here. This got boxing on the front page of ESPN again. And not some exhibition match between McGregor and fucking uh, 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 Mayweather. Mayweather, yeah. But I watched the weigh-in, and Manny Pacquiao was all smiles. He was all... Playing on phone, it's so nonchalant, so just whatever. It, it's like it didn't matter. And I mean, to throw to throw fire on on the conspiracy, it just it looked like he already knew how this was going to end. Oh, because if you go back and look at Manny Pacquiao's fights and the way he weighed in and the way he would look and play mind games with people. He didn't look that same. He didn't have that same mentality when he weighed in. Not against Jeff Horn. It was more of, okay, yeah. Oh, look at the weigh-in. Look at me. Me flex real quick. Back on my phone. Oh, how you doing, ESPN? I'll do an interview. Hi, hi, yeah. Uh, Jeff Horn like bumped his shoulder as he walked past him during an interview. He's like, oh, that guy that just walked by me, I'm fighting him. I'm like, the fuck is the matter with you? Well, you know, this is the, the fact that not only did boxing reporters and et cetera, commentators and, you know, analysts come out and say, what the fuck, but you got a lot of fucking well-known athletes and celebrities coming out saying this is some horse shit too. You know, I mean, Chauncey Billups, you know, he tweeted out boxing's whack. Pac-Man got robbed again. This is why MMA is so big now. Aaron Rodgers come out and said boxing's a joke and it proves it again tonight. Are you kidding me with those scorecards? I mean, Lennox Lewis, wow, Pacquiao loses. One judge had it 117 to 111. That wasn't the fight I saw. I'm going to go ahead and say Lennox Lewis probably knows more about fighting than we'll ever fucking know. He's forgotten more about fighting than we'll ever fucking know. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Where there's this much smoke, it, I don't know. It wasn't, I mean, if it was a clean knockout, okay, whatever. Hey, that happens. But it wasn't a clean knockout. This was a decision. And this was a decision that people who are in the boxing world are going, okay, I, this is some horse shit. And here, once again, if I, <laughs> uh, oh shit, who's the president of uh, UFC, Dana, whatever Dana, his face is? Dana White. Yeah, if I'm him, I'm fucking rock hard right now because this is just making my fucking sport look that much more. Incredible because all the all the fringe fans are going, Oh fuck this. Boxing is fucking a bunch of horse shit. It's rigged. The fix is in. Well, either that or you have to understand that a guy like Mayweather is gonna get beat by McGregor because you had Manny Pacquiao that's trained and boxed his whole fucking life just like Mayweather. Has here, been here awesome his again. whole life. There you go. Dude, Next. he got beat by a guy that's been boxing for four years. But he's still been no, boxing. He, he, he boxed in the Olympics and shit. Don't get don't get it twisted. Don't. I mean, he as an amateur he boxed. It's not like he just started picked up gloves four years ago. It's not like Walt Mark Wahlberg. 
walking onto the Eagles, whatever the fuck that movie was, Invincible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, Max, Max Kellerman said something that that was funny to me, and I, I, you know, like him or not, I think Max Kellerman's been around enough fucking boxing to be able to tell a good boxer from a bad boxer. And he said that he's actually he was at a, a McGregor training session and watching McGregor work the fucking heavy bag. He's like, it's a joke. He's like, you can tell he's he's not a boxer, and you can tell it, and it's painfully obvious. So I mean, you know, the, this is the same guy that was like gave Jeff Horn next to zero chance. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, to me, it just like I said. I, I got to go. With, I got to go with people who know a lot more about the sport than I do. And for as many people to be like, okay, this is some this is some horse shit. And for immediately, immediately after, they're already talking about a rematch, and they put a rematch clause in there. Pacquiao isn't at the fucking. He's not at the height of his career. He's what forty eight, or excuse me, thirty eight. Yeah, thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah, by, he's any, on the downside. by anybody's definition, he's on the downside. Sports in general, he's old. Yeah. Unless you're a coach, then he's young. <laughs> so, yeah. But, I mean... It, it, now, it's, how it's, could it, you say that from the same guy that said for Mayweather at 40 is going to give McGregor just an ass whipping? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Stop it. Because Mayweather's been training for boxing for 20-plus years. Gregor's been training for it for a year and a half. He's 40. Yeah. He's still been training for boxing. People who are 40 who have been doing what they've been doing for a while are still good at it. They may not be as quick as the young bucks, but they're still good at it. Well, I mean, let's look at it. Let's look at it just from a very cold, logical point of view and just the facts. Between the Mayweather-McGregor fight and the Pacquiao-Horn fight, people are talking about boxing again. There you go. I mean, it's... All there is to it. So if I'm someone who makes my living off of boxing, I got to be happy because, hey, the rematch is going to make me, you know, if I, if I somehow have a way to make money off it, I'm going to do it. And any, but believe me, anybody who can even sniff out a way to make money off that Mayweather-McGregor fight is is already planning to cash in on that shit. So, uh, so do we... Uh Move on, or Iceman, I believe uh, something happened in the in racing this week. Dale Jr., who I thought was retired, or is he retiring at the end of the season? He's retiring at the end of the season. Ah, okay. He's doing his Jeter impression. Ah, gotcha. His, his Kobe, is this is my final season? Yeah, his, his goodbye is tour. Everybody, everybody has a goodbye tour, is Poppy. True. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. It's, it's the thing to do. It's just like... Every fucking high school kid on signing day started saying, I'm taking my talents. And then he'd name whatever team he's going to. Take it's my the, talents to your mom's pussy. That's you know, the thing to do. So. so, Yeah. Junior, I mean, it, it was a big deal. It was Daytona. It got labeled Daytona. You know, that's where Earnhardt Sr. had passed away, hit a wall, um, fought so hard to win that. Uh, Dale's won it, uh, you know, pretty much the next year, Dale won it, a uh, junior. And, uh, you know, on his final tour, if you will, as we've said, 
He took the pole. Yeah, he did. I bet he did. Uh-huh. It's a hard thing to do. The race in and of itself, it, I mean, it lived up to the hype. It, it had the big one and the big one part two, and pretty much all the big names got killed in it. So did Dale win? No. Dale went into the wall uh, midway through the race, and then later he, he climbed back to within the top ten and got taken out in, in the big one part two. I don't even know. I don't know uh, the big you one. just said, little kid. No idea what any of that just meant. It, the, the, the big one. It's the big wreck. The big wreck. At, at Daytona Daytona and Talladega, there's certain racetracks that you're going to find. There's big frick-all wrecks, man. There's just... You're going you're gonna to get it. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Uh, this Daytona race had two parts to it, but uh, it's just... It's one of those things where, you know, somebody gets sideways or somebody gets under you and gets, gets you loose. It, it's not just you that's going to the pitter. <laughs> they want to be at least 10 of it. And it happened twice in this Daytona. But, uh, no, Dale got, uh, somebody got behind him and got him loose and pushed him into the wall. <clears throat> and, excuse me, that was shitty because he was running real good all race. But, uh, he, he got two laps down when he got put into the wall and, uh, he just sideswiped it, needed some new tires, cut some metal away. But uh, they pushed hard, and they came back to within the top ten, and then uh, the big wreck happened, and, well, bye, Dale. Recorded uh, did not finish ENF on his last uh, Daytona. Hey, he's, he's still alive. His dad got a DNF for life. Ouch, dude. Ouch. It's been like 20 years. Don't give me this too soon <laughs> bullshit. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> ah. All right. Well, from uh, <laughs> what? The funny part is, funny part is, is this supposed to be? The, it looks ironic, I guess. Is this supposed to be his last season as a full-time driver? Is what they're saying now? Because uh, Dale and a junior in a interview said, "I'm never going to say never." Means he could come back for a race or two throughout oh, seasons. Stop it, Jordan. Stop it, Jordan. Knock it off, right? Jordan. Don't do it. You're going to fucking retire. Fucking retire. Do you realize we have given 45 minutes to tennis, boxing, and racing? This has to be a record for us. And a commentary on this time of year. Lots <laughs> happened in the past week. What do you want? I know, right? Uh, but uh, we talked about NBA free agency uh, at the top of the show. Uh, there's been some movement in the NHL as well. Uh, uh, Rich sitting there foaming at the mouth to get to this one. Is there, is there, I know uh, there was a deal that went down yesterday uh, with, uh, what was it, Patrick Marlowe going to the Maple Leafs, but is, there, is anything else really big on down? Well, yeah, you got uh, Shattenkirk going to the Rangers, which to me pretty much sums up what he what he went for, and how long he went for versus. And here I want to I want to make sure I'm getting the numbers exactly right. All right. Da, 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 da. Okay. Uh. Da, da. 
Kevin uh, Shack, Kirk signs four-year deal for $26.6 million with the Rangers. Yep. So, think about that. That's four years, 26.6 over four years. And he was pretty much the prized free agent on, 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 on in this offseason. Yeah, you would think so, because any other deal you see is 700000 900000 2.5 million, 6.5 million. Shattenkirk, 26.6 million dollars. Good lord. But yeah, now compare that to the NBA, and you get what I'm saying. The dif- the difference in the money there. But yeah, I mean overall, it's said to be a good signing. Uh, apparently, growing up, he was he was a, a New York Rangers fan. So this is coming off as, uh, uh, you know, this is his hometown team, and this is where he wanted to play, and he's got it. Uh, I mean, some some other interesting moves are just, I mean, it's just interesting that, you know, Vegas is, is trading away players and just collecting draft picks still. I mean, so that tells me, once again, what we talked about last week, they're completely building for the future. They are they're they're not trying to be, you know, hey, we're gonna make a big splash. Our you know, our first season. They're like, no, we're building for the long term. And they're and um, to build for the long term, you today's NHL, you gotta do it through the draft. The day well, yeah, but Wash Washington's cap is gonna be high as hell. Dmitry Orloff signed for six years for thirty point six million dollars. Yeah, but Washington's then, also Washington's also doing the same thing Chicago's doing, which is dumping a lot of fucking players t- to make room to get to get up under the cap. Right, and then you got uh, TJ resigning with the Caps for uh, eight years for forty six million dollars. Good lord, Caps! Yeah, but eight years. And here is the thing: those contracts. I how do I explain this? After the the lockout. In the, in the mid two thousands, I started seeing a lot of contracts like that, and I, everybody was saying the same thing: we're going to doubt that player is going to be there at the end of that contract. There's going to be some sort of situation where they're going to move that player. The team that signed him to the the original team that signed him to the contract agrees to eat so much of his salary, and then the team that takes him on basically takes him on so they can get above the salary basement. Kind of. What happened with Datsuk last season? I mean, if Datsuk was to come back to the NHL right now, he's not going to Detroit. I mean, unless I'm wrong, I know last season if he'd have came back, he'd have went to uh, Arizona. He'd have went to the Coyotes because they're the ones that agreed to take on his contract. So when you have teams taking on contract just to make the the minimum that they have to make, the salary basement instead of the salary cap, I'm not a big fan of that. But that's what, that's what these contracts do, you know. So it's just... It's the state of the state of the the NHL these days. It just looks like the Caps are scared about losing their captain, and they're trying to re up everybody else. The Caps window is closing very soon. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. At least the window with Ovechkin. He's not getting any younger, and there's already you know we've talked about it before. There's already been a lot of noise about you know he has no problem going back to the KHL, which we'll get to in a minute. If that means he can play for the Russian national team in the Olympics. I mean, if that's his attitude of the situation, then if I'm the Capitals, yeah, you better be looking towards the fucking future. 
They're signing a bunch of free agents who are in their prime now. To me, that's telling me that, that they're trying to win now. That's not planning for the future. That's not saying, okay, when Ovechkin goes, we want to soften the blow of the rebuild, and we want to get back up on our feet and become a contender as quick as possible. Yeah, but, he, you know, he ain't exactly the rookie sensation anymore. You know, I mean, who the fuck knows, though? I mean, this is, this is the thing. This we are only we're not even two decades into the you know the post salary cap NHL. A lot of this GMs and teams are hoping they're getting right as they're going along. You know they're they're basically making it up as they go along. If you, if you need any more proof of that, look at our hometown team. No, I mean I don't want to. I would say the only reason they won a cup in two thousand eight is because they managed to hold the core of that team together that was there before the, the, the lockout and the salary cap was intima- implemented. Dude, if I'm an NHL player, I'm pissed. All right. Does anybody know Giroux Holiday? Giroux, no. Giroux. Rich, do you know him? He sounds no. familiar. Okay. Not off the top of my head. I mean, I recognize the name, but I can't tell you like his stats and all that off the top of my head. Did he play at Cass well, Tech or something? No, he just signed to return to the Pelicans in the NBA for five years. Man signed a $125 million contract. It's based on revenue, son. Damn. Nobody knows him. $125 million. Everybody knows the people we're talking about in the NHL. The biggest I saw was like $46 million for like six years. More people watch. Or eight years. The NBA. Ouch. Well, this is this is what was wanted supposedly by the majority of the owners, and this is why they were willing to lose an entire season to bring the NHLPA to its knees and say, "We're going to dictate the terms of everything now, and you're going to be happy to take what we give you if you want to keep playing hockey." And that's and the NHLPA broke; they folded. Players the players missed a season, and the league the the whole league scratched an entire season. And they were like, all right, fuck it. Whatever you want, we'll play ball. That's what they did. And when they came back, they had, you know, they were off at ESPN before the fucking, before the lockout. I mean, they even took, they even took NHL Tonight off of ESPN 2 before the lockout. I mean, so right there goes the biggest viewership they can have. And then they went to, what was it? Uh, oh, shit. Outdoor Network or some shit like that? OLN. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. That I think what was it? One out of every ten cable subscribers in the U.S. had that channel, and it became Versus, which then became what NBC Sports. Yeah, yeah. Which Just, which it, unless it's a clinching game, you have to you have to, if you want to watch a a, a a NHL playoff game, you have to watch it. On NBC Sports, unless it's the cl- a clinching game or the finals, right? And I'm not saying you know skill level or where they're at in their career or anything, but Patrick Marlowe, I think all three of us know, probably the majority of people listening know. If they're hockey, three fans. years, right? Three years, eighteen point seven five million dollars. That's unheard of. I would be so pissed. Well, I mean, that's that's I. That is the world these guys live in now. I mean, the the, the they're not going to get those fucking contracts that like Fedorov got back in the day. I mean, oh my good hell! Let me let me 
I just want to make sure it's the salary cap era too, though, right? I mean, you're not going to get crazy shit like the NBA. Hold on, because I I, I want to see just exactly a okay. So, in yeah, okay. So in ninety seven, ninety okay, he went he had he made fourteen million dollars in ninety eight ninety nine, versus four million three hundred thousand the season before. So I mean, the jump like that, like those type those type of contracts, they're. They're not really there anymore. I mean, think about that. $14 million for a season. And this was when he was still in his prime with the Red Wings. He got $10 million when he jumped ship to go play with uh, the Ducks per season. What did you say? What did what, we say Shattenkirk signed for? 26.6 for four years? Yeah. Break that, like up that. Over, break that up over Five four years. years. Five, Five years. years. He's making less. He's making even less per year. I mean, this is these are the contracts they didn't they didn't want to pay guys like this, and that's well they got it. So yeah, if I'm if I'm a hockey player, I'm pissed I wasn't born 15 years earlier and wasn't making that money like I, they were making in the 90s. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> if Chris becomes an NHL player, nobody's buying a fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Chris. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, man. I mean, if you think about it, you know, Shattenkirk gets signed. There's what five, six guys who've had more points in the last three seasons than him. Burns and Subban being two of them, and Latang. I mean, it's right now. That's 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 oh. out of out of those guys. That's those are three faces that if you're an NHL fan, they're at the top of the fucking heap. Okay. Yeah. Kevin was four years. That was right for 26. Joe Thornton signed a one-year deal for $6.5 million with the Sharks. I don't know. Talk about the sun setting. He, he's getting like, you know, fucking Yager age, ain't he? Thornton's getting up there big time. I mean, I'm, I'm like, like <laughs> his rookie years with Boston are way behind him. What, Joe Thornton's still playing? Yeah. What for six point five million dollars? I'd play a year too. <laughs> I guess so, man. Now the interesting thing is that according to Yager, he hasn't had one fucking phone call from a team since he's been since he declared himself as a free agent. No Not one. shit, you're like forty five. He's he's went to t- he's actually had his people call teams. Who's yeah, if you- chomping at the bit to sign you? Yeah, but think about it. Chelios, uh, Chelios got signed by teams, and he was older than him. And Chelios wasn't putting up nowhere near the numbers Yager's putting up in the last couple seasons. Yeah, Yager could still play. I've seen a couple of times he got fucking hat tricks last year. And, I mean, if you know, not to get all homoerotic or nothing, but if you've ever seen a man with his shirt off at 44, he's got muscles where our fat asses don't even have flab. <laughs> all right? I mean, that motherfucker's in, like, like Nazi genetic experiment shape. I mean, it is fucking... Like Captain America make, shape. Yeah, it makes me want to go suck on the business end of a shotgun because it's just never going to... It's never going to... I'm never going to be in that good of shape ever, period. <laughs> even if they do come up with a super soldier serum and they... They could pump that shit in me when the constant IV. I'll never be in that good of shape. <laughs> you know, it, so it's not like he's and and, it's, and it was the same thing with Chelios. Chelios was known for his fucking. He's still in ridiculous shape. 
I have a friend who just ran into him like two years ago, and he's like, dude, it's scary because he's he's not that big of a guy as far as height and everything. He's like, but dude, he's rock solid. And I'm like, how'd you know? He's like, because he's wearing a way too tight T-shirt. I'm like, of course, Chelios is running around with a medium V-neck T-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. He does strike me as that type of guy. <laughs> But yeah, I, it's it's uh you know it's it's hey it's it's not a great year for off you know for free agency in the, in this year's off season. But I mean, I, I do find it interesting some of the the moves that are being made with you know the Red Wings because you know they signed Xavier Olet to a two year contract, and as far as I know, it's a one way contract. Which I don't know if you guys know what that means, but it means. They can't send him down without him clearing waivers. And he's been up and back in between Grand Rapids and Detroit so much. That's pretty risky because you're guaranteeing him and he's going to make the fucking team and he's going to be in the, the top six for your blue liners. And he's going to stay there all season or else you risk losing him. Yeah. It's putting faith in uh, someone who doesn't really have uh, with kind of a shaky history. You know, and then they signed Trevor Daly to a three-year contract. Okay. Turner Ellison, Turner Ellison to a one-year contract. I'm like, okay, so where, where are these Ken Holland moves? Where are the big splash moves? Brian Lashoff, that's you know, oh, he got a two-year contract extension. Where's I, so far? I'm not seeing any, seeing any moves that for Ken Holland to be walking around barking about. Are they are they money pucking it? Is that their new I, their new style? I have no you, idea. You know, it's a terrible summer for Detroit. When the biggest splash moves come from Detroit Lions. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Damn, I didn't think about that that way. Shit. Well, th- there'll be a move here. We got TJ and Lang, bitches. Well, I mean, there's going to be a move here in a, in a week or so with the Tigers. There's going to have to be. We'll get into that here in a, little, in a couple minutes. I, You know what, Rich? If, if anything, this offseason and the free agent signings has really put in perspective for me, just what the fuckings with the NHL, man? Wow, dude! Why I, not? Why not? If you're Ovechkin, why not go to the KHL? Play in your home fucking country. Get paid well, just as much or more. That's where it gets interesting because, according to HockeyFeed.com, and this this just came out today, uh, uh, the Moscow Dynamo, Dynamo, excuse me has released all of their players who are on one-way contracts without pay. And an insider says, KHL releases all Dynamo players with one-way deals. Owed salary will not be repaid, but at least they are free. Two-way players still in limbo. So, of course, the comments are, how the fuck is, that's not the way a contract's supposed to work. But this is the is you're fired. But this is the KHL. And it, it seems things operate differently in that part of the world. Well, no way. It, yeah, if you look at the, the political climate, you can see that alone, let alone the sports climate. But it, the the article does go on to make, uh, to me, a very good point. It says the announcement is just another in a list in a growing list of moves that are making the hockey world question the stability of the world's second biggest hockey league. Earlier in the spring, the KHL announced they were folding two teams for the 17-18 season. Just a day later, it was announced that players were owed tens of millions of dollars in unpaid salary. Now this. So maybe the KHL isn't as stable as they were trying to pump themselves and present themselves during the season, especially after Bettman said that players weren't going to be allowed to participate in the Olympics. 
Maybe that was all wolf tickets. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know enough about the inner workings of the KHL to tell you. But if I'm someone like Ovechkin, I, I'm, I have to look at a guy like Datsuk and call him up. Not not his agent. Not have my agent call his agent. Now, none of this, my people, contact your people. I'm calling, <laughs> I'm calling Datsuk personally and speaking in Russian so we don't get anything confused and going, did you get paid for last season? You did? You got room on your team for me. Because if I'm jumping shit from the NHL, I you got a guarantee I'm going to get fucking paid to the league I go to. None of this, oh, yeah, sure, we'll pay you. And then, boom, they cut you, and they go, okay, well, we're not going to pay you. Well, that's not how that works. You sign a contract, you have to honor it. We shit on players all the time who don't want to honor contracts and sit out. So it's only fair that we shit on teams who do that to, to, to their players. Hey, let me ask you a question, Rich. Did McCarty and Probert and Kosher and all the all the enforcers did they get paid? Yeah, yeah. McCarty got paid well when he went to Calgary. He got he got way more. In my mind, he got, and I love McCarty as a player. Like, all, all right, but McCart McCarty, meh. I mean, Probert, Kosher, Grimson, the the the, the real bras. You know what I mean? The the men that were down there just to fight. Yeah, they got paid. I mean, Probert was making... I don't think Probert ever made over... At the height of his career, maybe... I think he topped out somewhere around $2 million per year. It's been a while since I read his, his autobiography, so I'd have to, to go back and check. Um, well, cause I'm thinking, we've had a huge talk, and it's an ongoing talk about the changing of the guard and the old guard and everything. And, you know, there's not so many people to cheer for now in the NHL. Maybe because of the money, bro. I mean, we talked about Fedorov and the money he got, but I mean, people that went out there just to throw fist every night, I'm sure got paid. And now you want people to come in and, and perform and do all of these things that everybody did in the 90s, but you don't. You want to pay them a quarter of what they got paid. To me, this goes back to the NHL has a serious identity problem. What is the NHL known for? Remember, remember the marketing that they used to do, you know, the, the coolest sport on ice, the fastest sport in the world, blah, 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 blah. They had something to hang their hat on as an identity. What is the NHL's identity now? They're, they're, they're completely riding on the coattails of, of Crosby and the Penguins, and they're hoping for all the fucking young guys who came out this year to pick up the mantle and keep carrying it for, for the NHL, but it's not, what is the league known as? Okay. NFL is a passing league at this point. Is there any argument about that? That's their identity. They're not a three yards, you know, in a cloud of dust type team, type league anymore. It's not a slug it out in the trenches team. Baseball is known for better or for worse, as the money ball, we've, we're, we're fully entrenched in the money ball era. You have a lot of teams buying into it. And you get one or two sluggers on a team, and now you got a great team. Exactly. Pe- teams aren't trying to put, like, you know, murderer's row up there anymore. They're like, yeah, no, we just, wow. but we wow. just get, you know, we get guys that can fucking, you know, we get two guys in the lineup, hit a guy fucking third, hit a guy fourth, fifth, and get some people on base in front of them, and we let them fucking slug the ball out of the fucking park. So that's what they're known for. Basketball, basketball is definitely, we're definitely in the era of the super teams. I mean, we're smack dab in the middle of it. No matter what the fuck LeBron says. He's never been on a super team, so he wouldn't know. Okay, well, he's never been on a super team, but a super team was uh, assembled around him a few times, so I don't know. I'm just saying, if if I'm Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, next time I see LeBron, I'm smacking the piss out of him. We were super, bitch. 
<laughs> but I mean, yeah, the, the NHL really doesn't have an identity. It's not a high scoring. The game isn't isn't in you know high scoring to where it's like, oh my god, it's it's insane the scores we're seeing. You know, football scores. It's not that. It's not known as a fucking tough league anymore. In fact, the the, the general manager and the 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 hockey news, not just the magazine, but the media that surrounds hockey, is pretty much trying to right now, to their own detriment, sell the the last year's playoffs as nothing but cheap shots and dirty play against Crosby. Boo hoo, boo hoo, and it's like motherfuckers, you want a cup? You want a cup against one of the roughest physical teams in the fucking league? All right. You need to shut the fuck up with that because what you're doing is you're really fucking hurting your own fucking cause in the long run. Because you're going around crying, oh, everybody's fucking taking cheap shots at Crosby, and it's and that's like the only. I guarantee you, the most the most casual hockey fan. That's what got the most coverage when they when when that shit started during the playoffs. I guarantee you, that's what they were they remember. Pittsburgh won, and Crosby got a bunch cheap shot at a bunch. I guarantee you, that's what they remember. Is that what the NHL wants to be known as and hang their hat on as their identity? Once again, we've been over this stuff. They've done it all themselves. They took the police. They they took the the ability for players to police themselves out of it. You know, something that it completely slipped my mind, and I really want to fucking. Oh shit! Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec, guys. All right. Give me a second. Hold on. No, I mean like. No, I mean like like like. Pause the show for a second. I gotta I gotta see what this fucking says. Hold on. I'm sitting here watching uh, the catch. The Bartman story. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor guy, dude. And he got ran out of that town, too. Yeah, he did. Not just the town, dude. If anybody sees And they don't him, mention about done. the guy who booted a grounder, like, a couple plays after that and all that. They just shit on Bartman the whole time. All right, well, he I'm had, back. He had two outs. I'm just saying. Gotcha. All right, all right I, I'm back. All right. Okay, so... You know, something that, that I forgot to bring up is that Dave Semenko died this last week. And if you know anything about hockey, you know that before Marty McSorley, that was fucking Wayne Gretzky's bodyguard on the ice. I mean, that man didn't even have to fight sometimes. He gave an interview where they were talking to him about, so, what you know, you didn't really have outrageous 398 you know minutes penalty minutes like Probert did one season. You didn't have crazy, outrageous, you know, Numbers like that, why not? And he said, because I didn't need to. People would start taking liberties with Gretzky, and I'd skate over to him and go, is this how we're really going to be? Is this how this game's going to go? Do you really want to keep going down this road? And those fuckers would look him dead in the face and be like, he's going to kill me if I drop the gloves with him. And they'd back the fuck off. That's what opened up the ice for Gretzky to be Gretzky. Now, that's gone. That's gone from the NHL. And yeah, but I think it was a step-down ladder, because when people looked at Probert... Probert didn't have to fight. Only reason I think Probert fought as much as he did is because he was Bob Probert and everybody wanted to try to fight him. Definitely at a certain point in his career, but before that, but like, think back, dude, Probert was not a flashy guy. He wasn't the fucking, he wasn't sticking to number one in the air after a fight. He wasn't dancing and, you know, Ooh, I kicked his ass. He'd take the guy down or he'd go down The linesman would break it up. And he'd skate over to the fucking penalty box and put his uniform back on. Right, but you had a media frenzy that, you know, give blood, fight Probert. You know, people were like, I got to see. 
is, is he the man? And you get people like Cox that get his fucking earpiece knocked across the fucking ring. Well, that was kosher that did hit. <laughs> Jim Kite, he, yeah, he hit him oh, so hard. God. He fucking knocked his hearing aid five, 15 feet away from him on the ice. <laughs> that was terrible. That was so funny. Jim Kite got up, skated three strides, and then fell back down. <laughs> it was like, God damn, he got hit hard. But no, he but got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> and and was still out on his feet and went back down. But what I'm getting at is that there's no like there's no hook to bring people in to watch it. They okay, it's crystal clear they don't want it to be known as the fighting league. They don't want to go back to the seventies, the Broad Street bullies. They don't want to go back to the Bruce Brothers era. All right. Fine, great. If that's if that's if they, if you are bound and determined to bastardize this sport and and social engineer it into the in, in away from that then you have to have a goal to move it towards and to me this year's this year's free agents is just teams grabbing players hoping that oh i hope that i'm grabbing the right pieces here i mean patrick sharp is back on the fucking is back on the the blackhawks what the fuck is he doing back on the if if he wasn't good enough to sign after winning three cups with them and they let him go what makes him good enough to sign a couple of years later price check sharp price check <laughs> but do you see, you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's like there's there's no rhyme nor reason to it. The, and the only reason I give Chicago a pass is because they've got Scotty Bowman and his son sitting there, and they've proven that with that, that not only is Scotty Bowman the greatest fucking NHL or, or hockey coach ever, and the greatest hockey mind probably ever, and definitely of his generation. Then it rubbed a lot of that rubbed off on his son because Chicago has won three cups in the post salary cap era. Yeah, but with the identity crisis the NHL has, Rich, it's mainly because I feel it's mainly because they don't have a TV contract anywhere. They don't have to have identity. It's fucking hockey. Either you're coming to watch it or you ain't. We don't care. We don't have anybody to answer to as far as ratings go. And I think that's a huge, huge problem. For the sport as a whole. If you don't have anybody to answer to other than the owners who are making money, obviously, then your product's going to suffer, which it has. I think that, I and I, I, can't, I, I can't remember, I know I've talked about it with Chris, I can't remember if I talked about it with you off the show, I don't think we've ever talked about it on the air. I think the NHL moving into Vegas is good for this reason. Vegas is a city that loves to comp shit. And they will give out tickets if that if that arena isn't sold out every night. And there will be people who would have never gone to a hockey game who will go just, just because it's something new and it's free. I mean, I, dude, that's how we ended up at a, at a, at a Detroit Whalers game. You remember that? <laughs> I, I, mean, I do. But at the same free. time, though, Rich. Though, every Vipers game I went to, shit was know, free. Right, but with, with a contract, with a TV contract, to make people tune in, you have to have that hook. You have to have an identity. And, and they it do, wasn't, they, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, it wasn't always fighting. Yeah, with the Colorado Red Wing feud, you wanted to see. It wasn't a matter of if, but when. So you'd tune in, and you'd watch every freaking meeting they had on TV. But with uh, teams like uh, the Blackhawks versus the Devils, that was supposed to be a goalie standoff. You had Belfort at one end, Berdour on the other end. Who's going to break? Who's going to, you know, have a chink in their armor? 
and you'd just sit there and you'd wait. And I mean, just so many times, you know, you would you would want to see who's the better forward, who has the better line. What the hell is the coach doing with this line in there? Are they out of their mind? Put them back on the checking line, you know. But all of that's gone now because for people like me who's in the middle of the country with zero local team to watch, I have to wait till ESPN runs it on the bottom ticker. I have to look up online. Or as you said, wait till the playoffs. There's no TV channel that I could turn to and go, oh, look, the game. So I can't keep up with who has feud, who has beef, who's the better goalie. I can't do any of that. And a lot of that's due to the NHL pissing off ESPN. When ESPN came to the NHL and said, outside of certain teams and certain matchups, the World Series of Poker reruns are getting better fucking ratings than most of the NHL games we carry. Instead of the NHL going, what can we do to fix that? The attitude was, well, what do you expect us to do? And that doesn't work. Especially in ESPN wasn't bluffing. It wasn't a bluff to, to make them... Go, you know, settle for less on their next television contract with them. ESPN was like, "Look, you either completely acquiesce to our terms, or we'll just drop you." And they, the NHL was like, Haha, "Okay," and they were like, "Okay, check this out. Enjoy the outdoor network." Just, just like uh, Eddie Murphy said back in '55, it was pull over. I'm getting out. No, no, we'll have none of that today. Pull over. I'm getting out. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I mean, it's outside of original six teams, outside of teams who have been making steady runs or one-year wonders, there's not much interest in hockey because it's, like you said, there's no exposure. That's the one thing. Fox Sports. Fox Sports is all over the country. It's not just Fox Fox Sports Detroit. It's Fox Sports. But Fox Sports, it's the thing. They have they have Fox Sports National and they have Fox Sports for every, dude. At one point, I had the Fox Sports package on my cable, and I got every Fox Sports channel in the, in the U.S. And I mean, half the time they were preempting NHL games for any other sport they could put in there. And I'm not talking basketball or baseball, but any other sport they could put in there because they were like, well. Unless you're in a big market, or unless you're in a market where t- people are going to fucking watch hockey, we're going to get better ratings with this than by playing a hockey game. So they bump it to their Fox Sports Plus, you know, what Minnesota, Fox Sports Minnesota, Fox Sports Plus One, or whatever, Minnesota. You want to watch the Wild? You, you better live in Minnesota and have Fox Sports Plus. And I mean, I was paying 15 bucks a month to have every Fox Sports in the nation, and I still couldn't watch hockey games. I mean, so what's yeah. that tell you? They <laughs> have... That's where their identity is lost. They need to have a contract across the nation so people can watch it. But that's a, a contract's not going to give the league an identity. They need to decide what type of. Okay, did they, they want to be a high-scoring league? Then you have to you have to fundamentally from the ground up change the game. You need to cut the size of the goalie equipment. You need to make the ice surface bigger. You need and I hate and I'm not agreeing with these. I'm just saying these are things that'll get you higher scoring games. You need to call every little ticky tack thing and get as many power plays as you possibly can. But that's going to fundamentally change the game. It's going to turn into basketball on ice. Now, if you want. What they had in the '90s, I don't know if you can ever get that back. Because sure, you can. I, in today's day and age, I don't know if people who aren't fans, who aren't raised as fans, like 
13, 14, 15-year-old people are going to come to a sport that is, if it goes back to what it was in the, in the late 80s and 90s, to where they let them fucking police themselves, they let them play the fucking game, they don't call every ticky-tack thing, with all the, oh, well, concussions and injuries and blah, 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 I don't know if you're going to get people that are going to find hockey on their own because it's going to get such a fucking shitty reputation. I mean, it's, it's already, if you talk, I've talked to people who are sports fans who are not hockey fans, and they literally think the movie Slapshot is what hockey is to this day. They think these guys are literally <laughs> having lightsaber battles with their sticks on the ice. And I'm like, no, that's not how, that is Hollywood, all right? There's a big difference between fantasy and reality. Hey, I enjoy Major League as much as the next guy. That team would have never won shit in, in the real world. All right? That doesn't happen in the real world. What? You know? I enjoy the Mighty Ducks. Actually, I don't. But when I was a kid, I tolerated the Mighty Ducks movies. The Flying V doesn't win you fucking games. All right? It's a cool guitar, though. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> it's knuckle puck time. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that's, However, it, Fulton Reed is a real deal. Because Al McKinnis' slap shot was nothing to be hit by. <laughs> Ever, I don't. I don't know. I it, hockey. Hockey's going to have its hardcore fans, and it's not going to lose them. And I think they pissed away a, a golden opportunity to expand, not necessarily putting teams internationally, but to expand their fan base internationally. And the KHL has now stepped in. But from what I'm hearing, like I said, the, the article I, I read, the KHL ain't even fucking barely holding itself together. So I mean, you know, where is there left? Where is there left for hockey to go? I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to start going go to back South America. You going to start? You going to start going to South America? You going to go to Africa? I mean, it, that ain't going to work. <laughs> NHL Europe. I was kind of waiting for it at one point in time. I honestly, I seriously was, and it just mm, never happened. But then again, I, I, I fuck, I'm. He used to play for uh, Boston. Byron, uh, he was their goaltender. At one point, he was the only uh, uh, English-born player in the NHL. There's just there's not a demand for it over there. For whatever reason, the Dream Team in 92 was assembled. The world saw it in the Olympics, and that captured the world's imagination. You know, hockey, Olympic hockey has been great. And, and international competitions have been great for the last 20 years. I mean, there's been some fucking amazing games. And, and That's true. And players have come, you know, who were not household names, have made their case for, you know, at least greatness, having a great moment in those games. But it didn't capture the imagination of the world like the Dream Team did. I mean, here's this is never going to happen because we live in a capitalist society. And I'm going to sound like a dirty fucking commie, but this is just, this is what I think hockey needs to do. If they are content to stick to North America, then they, what they need to do is they need to accept that they're going to hit a point, or they probably hit the point of zero growth. And they need to start going back to their roots. They need to start fucking moving these teams that are in non-traditional hockey areas that don't have a draw back into fucking traditional hockey areas. New England, Wisconsin, Maine. I mean, pretty much pick a fucking time. Quebec would go nuts for a fucking hockey team right now. I mean, they could put a fucking... Imagine, dude, imagine if they put a fucking hockey team somewhere in Ontario. Like, besides... I mean, I mean, between 
Toronto and Detroit. Because that's you if you've ever been in that area and drove that area, that's a long fucking drive. That's a lot of fucking land. Hamilton? They could. I mean, they have minor league teams and minor league hockey in, in Canada. They sell them fuckers out. So what's that telling you? They need to accept we're not going to be a top-tier sport, and we need to downsize, and we need to go back to our roots. But that's not going to happen because too many fucking owners think they're going to get into it, and they're, they're getting in cheap on the quote-unquote ground floor, and they're going to build something, and every quarter they want to see they're making more and more money. That's not how this sport's going to fucking work, guys. It's been proven that way. It's going to have its ebbs and its flows, yes. It's going <coughs> to surge a little bit in popularity, and then it's going to dip back down. But the surges are never going to be as great as the dips are. Let me ask you this, Rich. Is, did the NHL get too big for its britches, so to speak? You're goddamn right it did. There's way too many teams I mean, in the NHL. I mean, you had the great one with Wayne Gretzky, 80s. You had the 90s that surged us forward, you know, the Bruce Brothers and all this. And... They were, I think, I think they got a little too big. They, they were, you know, I don't want to say millennials, but uh, you know, it was, it's just like, look what I can do now. They expanded and, the wrong way. They expanded out West and down South. Yeah. Well, I just think they, they became overprivileged. Like with, you know, what Rich said about ESPN, you know, get more ratings or we're dropping. And you're like, ain't going to happen. Ain't nothing happening. Where'd a contract go? No, we're going to do it this way then. Fuck it. We're going to make it more scoring, high scoring, no fighting, and penalties for fighting. You know, I just think they, they were like, they thought they were bigger than they were. And that they could do whatever they wanted to, and people were just going to be like, okay. Yeah. Well, if you, know, if you look back at it, the late 80s to about the mid-90s, and I'm talking about in our lifetimes, that's when you had the most scoring. And it's not just because of Gretzky. I mean, a player, if players to break the 100-point plateau these days is like, oh, my God. Go back and look at, at Eiserman's stats. Go back and look at Fedorov's stats. Go back and look at a lot of players' stats from that period of time. Breaking 100 points wasn't that big of a fucking deal. I mean, it was a, it was a yes, it was a big deal, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, only one or two players are going to do it per season. And if two players do it, holy shit, that's a really big deal. That wasn't the case. And that's what people, that's what, from the top down, from the NHL, I hear every fucking season, they bitch about not enough scoring, not enough scoring. But what were they doing in the 90s once the mid-90s came and went? After that first partial season lockout, they started tweaking the fucking rules. If your foot's in the crease before... Okay, you're trying to increase scoring, and you're taking away ability for people to fucking score. I mean, we're not talking about making contact with the goaltender while the puck is on the way to the net. We're talking about a guy skate who's not touching any player, who has nothing to do with the play, is barely in the crease, and the puck enters the crease while the tip of his skate's in there, and they disallow the fucking goal. Now, let me. Now, now, I want you to think about that. If I went to you and said, you know, I got a, I got a drinking problem, and I need to stop drinking... And yet every time you come over to my house to talk to me, I'm like, hey, stop and pick up a case. You're going to be like, you really ain't concerned that concerned about not drinking no more. Yeah. If they're that concerned about scoring, they wouldn't have been constantly fucking tweaking shit and fucking with the rules and taking away the you know, goals they should have counted. Guys like Dino Cicerelli wouldn't have had a career if, that, if those rules had been in hockey from the get-go. I mean, garbage goal. People, oh, they're garbage goals. Okay, yeah, they're not pretty goals, but you Thomas know what? Garbage, 
garbage goals count, man. There used to be there used there used to be a a a role for a guy to sit in front of the net, screen the goalie, and deflect the puck into the net. And and the NHL wants you know passing across the crease. They want you know toe drags and all these dekes and highlight reel shit in every single game. Okay, fine. You're gonna get it every once in a while, but you're not gonna get the high scoring games you want. I mean, not. It's like it's like when baseball bitched about you know it's boring, it's low scoring. Okay, well, if a team fucking plays small ball and wins, do you care that they win three to two, or do you care that they just won the World Series three to two? Are you bitching that well it should have been you know twelve to two? You don't care, do you? I don't play small ball. If you got a team that can win that way, play it. If you got a team that can win by slugging the fuck out of the ball, <clears throat> play them that way, win that way. Yeah, but Rich, with all the other leagues, I mean, NBA, you have the superstar, you can't touch them, you know, fucking rules. You know, you have the, you can't, now you can't be where the person that jumps to shoot the ball, you can't be where they land. All, all the rules they've changed, everybody's like, oh, okay. You know, every now and again, you get a little, like me, I'm like, what the fuck? How is that a foul? He was standing there. Whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, like uh, Major League Baseball, you the no intentional walk rule. Everybody's like, oh, that's bullshit. Well, whatever. They accept it. They're still going to watch. They still watched opening day. They're going to watch the season. NFL, you can't celebrate in the end zone. Bullshit. Whatever. We're going to watch a football game anyway. It's just going to be no fun to celebrate a touchdown. And what did they do the- this what did they do this offseason? What did they do this right. offseason? They took that rule out of fucking effect. And their and their first thing was, <laughs> the memo they got leaked from the head office of the NFL was, we're not getting millennials to watch. And part of the reason is because they say the game is getting boring and there's too many rules. Right, and, and we're moving the, the uh, extra point back 20 yards, and everybody's okay. So I just feel that NHL tried to do that same shit, and it buried them. Dude, regular season overtime is three on three, and if there's and, and if there's and if there's no fucking scoring, then they go to a shootout. That was unheard of twenty years ago. That was unheard of fifteen, you know, years ago. I mean, they've done it. They've done everything they can, and it's not working. That's what I'm saying. Stop trying. If I am okay, if I play music and I play blues, I'm not trying to be number one on the pop charts. All right, I'm not trying to compete with Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and Beyonce. I want to fucking sell out five, 600-seat places and play every other night and make a fucking living playing music. NHL needs to realize they they need to contract instead of expand, first of all, and they need to go back to, to how it used to be. Players police themselves. Get rid of all this bullshit. I mean, dude... The whole reason they, they started going with okay we're gonna go to we're gonna go to uh, Toronto and check and see if this shit's a goal blah 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 was to get shit right and they're still not getting it right I mean they, they've tried everything go go back to what worked and understand yeah they stole that from the NFL where they went to New York on every fucking call exactly go back to what worked when you had the people and asses in the seats I mean dude I remember a time I could t- in a in a seven day week I could watch. Without ever turning on a local sports station, I could watch three to four hockey games on between ESPN and ESPN2. Granted, there was a lot of fucking New York Rangers, 
L.A., you know, teams out west for later games. It was still on. Yes, exactly. Now, unless you seek it out and you use the Internet, like you said, you live in the middle of the country. You You can't tell me the fucking, the lineups like we used to be able to do because they're not on TV. Unless you're going to sit there and pour through fucking stat sites on your computer, which, let's be honest, no casual fan's going to do for any sport, you're not going to know who the third-line guys are. These days, guys like Jeff Bukaboom and Ken Danico, and, I mean, guys who were integral to the teams they played for and the championships they won, no one would hardly know who they are except for the hardcore fans. And that's just fucking sad, dude. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm looking at the NHL transactions, and I'm having to look up half the names to see if these guys are full-time NHLers or they're just fucking extending two-way contracts. That's pretty fucking pathetic, man. On top of that, where are the where are the where are the blockbuster moves? You know, where are the NBA type moves? Well, you have to have NBA type players, bro. On the real, it, in the NHL, you got what four, maybe? Where if you say the name, it's synonymous with the NHL, and everybody's like, "Oh, I got it." You know, that's like I use the guy's name off the NBA roster that got one hundred seventy million dollars. You guys have no idea who that guy was. Place for the fucking Pelicans. $135 million. the fuck out of here. Well. <sighs> I don't know, dude. I, it, it, I, I mean, I, I love sitting here talking about this stuff, but the problem is I feel like we're spinning our wheels because eventually almost every hockey conversation goes back to they're not on TV. They can't get their brand out there. Okay, at, the, at this point, I think it's... A, at least we all three can agree. I don't know if anybody listening can agree. The NHL isn't going to be as popular as, as basketball, baseball, or football. And they need to accept it, and they need to maximize their profit where they can and get these teams that are sitting here in areas that don't give a single fuck about them out of there and put them in areas that are begging for teams. Canada. Exactly. New England. The upper Midwest. You know, places where they actually play hockey. Don't play hockey in fucking North Carolina. We'll play hockey I mean, in Phoenix. I mean, I have, as as commissioner of the NHL, I have absolutely no love for Gary Bettman. As a human being, he might be a great guy. I'll never know because I'll probably never meet the man. And, and if I do, it'll just be, oh, there's Gary Bettman. And I'm going to be like, I'm not close enough to spit on him, so fuck him. And that's going to be the end of the conversation. All right. But until he's gone and until the, the, we see what the, where the next commissioner stands, we're... NHL is not going to fucking be what it used to be. He has drove this fucking league into the ground, and I am constantly shocked the people that stand up and defend him for it. And the only thing I can say is, were you a Pittsburgh fan and a Bettman fan before Crosby showed up? Were you were you a you know? Why don't you name me three starters on the Washington team the Red Wings met in the Cup Finals? In the 97-98 season. That's what I want to say to these people. Because those are the people defending Batman. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, your team. Yeah, your team's fucking got the, got, got the star players on it now. But look at a team like Toronto. There was no help for fucking Toronto. There's, uh, Toronto fucking has had a, a cup drought that's ridiculous. Montreal. If you look at the championships they have, they're the New York Yankees of the NHL. As far as number of championships. When's the last time they were actually relevant? The NHL isn't isn't fucking making special set-asides for those teams to succeed. But fucking Crosby goes out there 
and as ad nauseum I've talked about, is a cheap shot artist. And then he starts getting it back because, well, you get what you give. And all of a sudden, the NHL is like, oh, maybe we should need to start fucking implementing rules protecting our star players, blah, 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 blah. Really? Really? Hey, Chris. Yo. I'm going to read some names. Just say if you've heard them. Say yes or no. All right. Martin Truex Jr. Yes. Kyle Busch. Yes. Kevin Harvick. Yes. Denny Hamlin. Yes. Clint Boyer. Yes. Matt Kenseth. You're naming a bunch of drivers. You're right. It is pretty bad when people know NASCAR people more than they know NHL people. Yep. It is that fucking bad. Because, Rich, I'm sure every name I just named, you know them too. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me one of the biggest NHL minds I know had to look up free agent moves on the NHL free agent list? That's terrible, bro. Because the big moves aren't really that big anymore. And like I said, it's teams grabbing, okay, you know, like, okay, Kyle Quincy signed a one-year contract with Minnesota. Okay, yeah, I know who Kyle Quincy is. Is that a big move? I mean, is, is that, is, no. Shattenkirk was the, was the biggest move, honestly. I mean, unless you're talking about players who signed at extensions or whatever. I'm talking about players that move teams. And that's what gets people that's what gets people interested in the offseason. Case in point, all the time we talked about the NF the NFL, NBA's <coughs> free agent moves. And we weren't talking about how the the NBA is like, oh, who the fuck are these guys signing all these fucking contracts and moving teams? We knew exactly who the fuck they were. I do. I do not. I do not pay attention to the to the, the NBA hardly at all. Yet I can tell you the balance of power is definitely shifted to the West, and the East is pretty much sitting there, like I said, with two teams going. Well, we'll just play to see who gets to meet the the Warriors in the finals. All right, Chris. Same thing. Ready? Yeah. Alex Radulov. No. Okay. <laughs> he, okay. Just so you know, he he made he signed a thirty-one million dollar contract in the NHL. All with right? the stars, with the stars, yeah. So uh, let's see, Carl Asner. Nope. Okay, he signed twenty-three million dollars in the NHL. So how about this? How about, the, how about this? How about this? Uh, Detroit traded for a goalie. Traded a seventh round draft pick in two thousand eighteen for a goalie. Do you know the goalie's name they traded for? Nah, a chance. Tom McCollum. <laughs> There you go. And I mean, and, and this is a team that if you are a Red Wings fan, protected, uh, oh, wow, I, lack of sleep really just, protected Howard and left Morazic exposed. And now they've signed a fucking goalie, and they have a goalie in Grand Rapids who just won a Calder Cup. Or not to sign, but then they just traded for another goalie. Right. right. And, and last one, Jonathan that, Druin. You ever heard of that one? No. Signed $33 million contract. Get the they need to get back on TV, Rich. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's been other moves. Ryan Miller went to the Ducks. Yes. Ryan, Ryan Miller. Wow. US, USA Hockey. You know, I mean, and he's, but he's, he's an, once again, this is an older guy. This is a guy at the end of his career. Yeah. 2008's a long time ago. Yeah. That's, but that's what I'm getting at. That when I start naming guys, people, people will be like, Oh, yeah, I know who he is. These are guys near the end of their career. Guys in the prime, unless they're, like I said, a Shattenkirk, a TJ Oshie. Guys who literally were just all over, if you watch the hockey playoffs, were all over the, the you know the final four teams. 
that were left in the fucking playoffs. And even then, I guarantee you, there's some people that go, oh, I don't really remember him. Connor McDavid, is he a leprechaun? What happened? No, he's fighting Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> yes. Yes, survey says. All right. So, I guess we squeezed all we can out of the NHL free agency. I'm sure there'll be more. Trust me. We, I hope there's more by next week. This, you know, right now next week's show is going to be like, you know, 45 minutes long. But we move on to uh, baseball. The all-star lineups were announced. Um, some surprises, some no surprises. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm Matt Harper. Do you get the lineups? Uh, I do have the lineups. Yeah, I'm still Matt Harper. All right. So the 2017 MLB All-Star rosters are set and looking at, well, they're probably going to start with American League because it begins with A. Uh, Yeah. Uh, First base, my fantasy mistake for the year. (laughs) Justin Smoke. I was going to say in the AL, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Whoops. I had him. I dropped him. My bad. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that guy, he's 30. That guy's not supposed to be having the year he's having, but he is, so good for him. I mean, second base, any surprise? Altuve? No. <laughs> yeah. Not to me, at least. Yeah. Shortstop, uh, Carlos Correa. I mean, it's two Astros. Uh, third base, you got Jose Ramirez from the Indians. Uh, catcher Salvador Perez from the Royals. Don't disagree with that. Uh, shocking, Aaron Judge. Making it from the Yankees. How's this work? Mike Trout from the Angels. I know the fans vote, but he's injured. How's this going to work? Is this, does his backup automatically make it? He'll be he'll be listed as an all-star for the season, and yeah. They'll fucking get a substitution in there for him. It's a negotiating point on his next contract. Yeah. Right. Uh, another uh, Astro, no surprise, George Springer. Uh, DH, you got Corey Dickerson from the Rays. Uh, the AL pitchers, you got Chris Sale. Uh, Dallas, I say this guy's last name, Cuchel. Cuchel. Uh, from the Astros. Irvin Santana from Minnesota. Jason Vargas from the Royals. Uh, Louis Servino from the Yankees. Hugh Darvish from Texas. The only Tiger making any part of the All-Star list. Michael Fulmer. And I want to say this real quick. That means because the because MLB has a rule, every team has to have one player mm-hmm. represented in the All-Star game. This has probably been the first time since they took Dimitri Young on on the pity. They took pity on him and put him in the All-Star game. And I want to say 2004. Dimitri Young, there is a blast from the past. That's been the first time since 2004 that there's been a Tiger in there because they had to have. <laughs> Got a pity fuck. Hey, Chris. Yo. Squirrel! Why, what happened? Hey, we're just signed with uh, Celtics. All right. There's your super team in the East, everybody. Yeah, Cleveland's going to have a hell of a time trying to beat that one. Well, you know, they'll bring Mello over. But Meh. All right, but, fin- but finishing off the, the AL 
pitchers. You got what Kluber from Cleveland, Lance McCullers Jr. from Houston, Craig Kimbrell from Boston, Andrew Miller from Cleveland, uh, and then Dellen Betances, Betances, Betances. I don't know. Who knows how the hell you say that guy's name? I mean, okay, but just think about this, okay? You got Chris Sale, Arvin Santana, Corey Kluber, Andrew Miller. I mean, that's, dude. <laughs> I just want to say something. Andrew Miller, yeah. Whoops. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, big time. Whoops, Tigers. In a hurry. Uh, Vargas, Kluber, Santana. Hmm, what division do they play in? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Vargas was the first... Blah, 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 was the first pitcher to get to 10 wins this year. Uh, let's see. The reserves. Yonder Alonso from the A's. Starlin Castro. Lindor I'll from s- Cleveland. Mookie Betts. Avisail Garcia. <laughs> Nelson Cruz. Yep, Nelson Cruz. Yep, sure is. Uh, National League. Uh, first base, you had... Ryan Zimmerman, uh, second base, Daniel Murphy. I mean, that's two nationals in a row. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you let the Garcia shit go by without saying anything. Oh well, we know, we know he was fucking Mrs. Prince Fielder. <laughs> we know that's why he's not in a Tigers uniform anymore. And and in retrospect, we should have said Prince's ass. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, get some pussy control over your bitch, yeah. man. That's not our problem. There's a new swinging dick in town. <laughs> And he's staying hey, in the like Rose. Everybody else gets it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's the new thing. Everybody's doing it. Come on. Shut up. Shortstop for uh, the National League. Zach Kozart from the Reds. Uh, Buster Posey's at catcher. Third base. Nor- Nolan Arenado. Um, outfield. We got Bryce Harper. Shocking. Charlie Blackman, who is a white guy. Uh, for those of you who've never seen a picture of him, uh, Marcelo Zuna from the Marlins, uh, NL pitchers. Uh, no surprise here: Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Robbie Ray. Wasn't that another guy that wore a Tiger uniform? Uh, Zach Grinke, Carlos Martinez, Steven Strasburg. Jesus Christ! Nash- Greg Holland. Yeah, this this national pitching lineup is strong. Strasburg, Kenley Jansen, Greg Holland, Wade Davis, Brad Hand. Corey Nebel, Pat Neshik? Neshik. Yeah. And then the reserves, you got what? The reserves, you got like the starting lineup from five years ago. You got what? Molina, Goldschmidt, Joey Votto. Uh, Ender. Yeah, DeLaMahieu. Or DJ DeLaMahieu. DJ, I always put a D. It's DJ LeMahieu. I always add an extra syllable on that guy's name. Corey Seager. Cody Bellinger. Giancarlo Stanton. Michael Conforto. How is he a reserve? I don't get I, it. I got to say, He's a Stanton, Stanton, Stanton. Um, I got to say that's kind. Of, that is kind of shocking. The only, I mean, I, Bryce Harper is pretty much a given. All right, he's just on name recognition alone. But I mean, Stanton, he's he's having a fucking damn good year. To be in the reserves, I mean, eh, I don't know. Just saying. It's not, it's, to me, it sounds like. Uh, uh, some team probably, you know how they, they do the, especially we went through this in Detroit, they'd pick a NL team and they'd say, we're going to vote for your guy, you vote for our guy. Uh, I, don't, I, I think whatever team that Miami did that with, uh, <laughs> the, AL team, the AL team's fans didn't keep up their end of the bargain because I don't know why he isn't starting. Um, oh, shit. 
I'll just tell you why he wasn't starting. Let's tell you the guy's name. Uh, oh, um, he's not starting because of Ozuna. Ozuna's having a crazy ass year. Well, I mean, I if if the All Star game is is just basically an exhibition game, and I can't tell you, uh, but I mean, you know, what Stanton's what second in the uh, in the entire Major League Baseball for home runs. Yeah, behind Judge. Yeah. I think he's like at 21 or 22 right now as we're, as we're speaking. And to me, that's at least that's what baseball's been, the All-Star game has been trying to sell there for a while now, especially since, you know, their their lost season is the long ball. So I'm just kind of shocked by that. I wonder if he's going to be in the uh, – he's got to be in the home run derby, you think, right? Well, as it stands, Stanton has 21, but Judge has 27. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Judge is like – Leading the fucking entire league, so yeah. yeah fourth is uh, Stanton. Mike Mustakis has twenty two from the Royals. Wow. Hmm. No, there's one. There's over eleven hundred home runs in the month of uh, June. One there. Eleven hundred one. Which is interesting because Verlander said something about he thinks they've done something to the ball uh, in the off season. Uh, as far as how it carries and et cetera, et cetera. And I really wish I could find the article, but it was a local article and I saw it and I thought I bookmarked it and then I didn't. So was he drinking that deflate gate juice? I dude, I have no idea. I, 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 it was one of those things that I was at work and I was scanning my phone and I saw it pop up and I scanned the article. I thought I bookmarked it for later, you know, to pull up later and I didn't. And then I couldn't find it again, but I really wanted to, Especially like now or next week would have been a perfect time to bring it up because, I, especially with especially with last month's home run totals, maybe there's something to it. Yeah, they're using tennis balls now, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> go back and look at the stats for home runs during the dead ball era. They changed the ball. Boom! Look at the stats post dead ball era i mean we're talking what if you hit 10 home runs in the season you were leading the leagues in the dead ball era they did something to the ball you know it's a racquetball i mean it's, it's not even that's not even an argument anymore that's just a fact it's a wiffle ball steel bats everybody's corking the bat oh i was watching a game on sunday uh we're two batters in a row they made him replace the bat oh, there was too much cork on it and they were flashing back to the george brett incident oh well, there you go well, they did it with Sammy Sosa, too. Yeah, but I think that was after they were already looking to catch Sammy doing something. But, yeah, so I guess I guess the question is, how excited for the All-Star game are we, guys? Literally about to ask the same question. Does anyone get excited about this anymore? I, I, I'm not really excited about the All-Star game as I am the festivities going into it, the older-timer game, the celebrity game, the home run derby, which is why I'm mad at Bryce Harper. Don't sit there and tell me you don't, it's bullshit and you're not going to participate in the home run derby. You are not too good to fucking partake in the home run derby. It, it's it, it's kind of like the new thing we're seeing, like how in the NBA where uh, it's considered kind of gauche to be in the slam dunk contest now. Hey, why not? What, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like what's, why? What's wrong why? with being in the, the home run derby? That's what I'm saying. That, the slam dunk, I just, it, Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Dominic Wilkins, you know, in the slam dunk contest, yes. You're, you're the best dunkers on the fucking planet. You got to be there. You know, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, 
the big hurt, King Griffey, yes, you got to be in the home run derby. You hit it a mile. If you're supposed to be the best of the league and you're supposed to be there for us, the fans, and this whole thing is about us, the fans, get your ass in the fucking home run derby. Hey, Rich, or Rich, Iceman, he came out five hours ago and said he will compete in next year's home run derby. Yeah, and he said that two years ago, too. I, I, I hope to be competing in the 2018 home run derby. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's an all-star. I mean, it, it, they don't have to, right? No, they don't have to, but he's an asshole, so he's not going <laughs> to. Oh, your mind's made up. There's no. Well, this discussion's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just throwing a middle finger in the air at the fans, is it not? Am I wrong? Yeah, but he can. Just because he can doesn't mean he should. We really need to get the drop from the Big Lebowski when Walter keeps going, Am I wrong? Am I wrong? And finally the dude goes, No, Walter, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. <laughs> no, I got you, man. Look, the, look, All-Star Game is nothing but a glorified exhibition game. Everybody knows it. When it was here in Detroit, I knew more people who wanted tickets to the Home Run Derby that have been happy to sell their their all-star game tickets. And, I mean, <laughs> I, I know that for a fact because uh, the family that sang, was it the National Anthem or the America the Beautiful in the seventh inning stretch? Yeah, uh, one of the members was a bass player in my band at the time. So, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was upset. They were like, oh, well, you... You're going to sing, so we'll give you tickets to the All-Star game. He's like, what about the, the home run derby? They're like, oh, no, sorry. Those tickets you're going to have to get on your own. Damn. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like the slam dunk contest back in the day when Jordan was still doing it. Everybody, or the skill it, shot in the NHL. Yeah. But, I mean, it was it, – I, I, I would definitely say the home run derby was more on par with the the, the dunk contest when it was at its height. I mean, now it's almost it's a it's almost a, it's a satire of what the dunk contest used to be. You know, motherfucker driving cars on the fucking court and using props and shit. So, does All Star Game mean anything anymore? Or is that no. besides home field advantage? Or is that over? Uh, I think they got rid of that. Oh. I think they got rid of that after last season. So yeah, this is just a free trip. Where is it this year? Miami. It's just a free trip to Miami for them this year. <laughs> oh, to me, all-star games are for kids. You get past a certain age, you don't give two shits. I cared way more about the all-star game before my voice changed, and I do now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember the year that uh, Mike Heath made the starting lineup, and he was my favorite player on the Tigers. Mike Heath, that is a blast from the past. <laughs> he was my favorite. Mike Heath. And he was uh, my favorite player on the Tigers at the time, and I was all types of excited. And then I remember watching the, the, the introductions and, uh, oh, I can't remember who was doing the, the you know, the, the commentary and, and the play-by-play and the, and the color commentary. But they were like, and Heath, basically in the All-Star game because fans stuffed the ballot box. And I, was, I remember thinking as a little kid, I'm like, isn't that what the fuck they're supposed to do? That's the point of voting, right? Yeah, he won. Don't be hating. Announce it from New York. Hey, had to get our had to get our one right. Mm, pretty much, just like this year, man. I don't, I don't know with with Bryce Harper. Just the way, and it's it's not so much that he's not doing it; it's the way he dismissed it and the things he uh, said about it. We found his baseball LeBron, Rich. <laughs> no, God, no. 
Oh, hell no. Uh-uh. Not even close. You keep bringing it back to him. We're still talking about the home run derby. I suppose. I mean, I will say this. He is the all-around top vote-getter for the All-Star game. And it, I, I can see, I can see Earl, where you will say this. If you haven't said it already, which I'm pretty sure you have, that it's a slap in the face to the fans not to be in the in the home run derby. Yeah, the middle finger, the middle finger to the fans. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, you're the all around leading vote getter. You know, eh, I don't know, dude. At, at a certain point, you got. I mean, it, it all comes down to the argument. Of what what does he owe the fans? Does he owe the fans or his team more? So people are going to say he owes the fans more. Well, and fan, hang on a and, minute. And fans of Washington is going to say he owes the team more. Wait. Without the fans, he doesn't have a team. Hello, NHL. I know, chicken and the egg. I I, I mean, like I said, it, it all depends on how you look at it, dude. But haven't people in the past hurt themselves in the home run derby? Well, yeah, we went over this last week. A lot of guys who go in and do well in the home run derby, it, it seems like it just wears them out. They don't continue their fucking their hitting into the regular season. This isn't the McGuire, you know, home run derby at Boston. The year he broke, you know, the the record. I mean, it, this ain't that. So, you know, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I'll watch the home run derby and I'll get the highlights from the, from the All Star game, and I'll be happy with that. Well, the home run derby is going to come down to Stanton and, and Judge. If it doesn't, oh. Yeah, but- Excuse me. Yeah, but there's been plenty of times that guys go in who are leading the league and they don't get out of the first round. So yeah, and to, and it'll be interesting to see a lot of these uh, seasons that are going on right now if they will continue after the All Star break. Will Aaron, you know, will Aaron Judge end up being that guy that had that one, you know, killer first half of a season, or is he going to be for real? We're going to see a lot of things. <laughs> New York Yankees are praying to God he's for real. Yeah. Having the judges' chamber in their stadium and shit. <laughs> Don't let it be the Yankees that are judged. Oh, no. Yeah, another guy, too, <laughs> Justin Smoke. He's 30. He's having, like, a career year. I mean, who's to say he's not going to take a shit after the All-Star break? I mean, how many times have we seen that story play out? So. Right. And now, I said it early in the show, now's the time in baseball where it's time to start paying attention. Everyone's kind of shaking out where they're going to be. And, yeah, well, I mean, if you're in the if you're in the, uh, the AL West, you're already planning for next year. I mean, unless there is a monumental collapse uh, in Houston. I mean, the, the, the AL West, it's, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next year already. They're already thinking about the winter meetings and shit. <clears throat> I mean, the closest team to the to the... Astros is what fourteen games? Yeah, the Astros if they choke, fifteen games, and that's the Angels. If the Astros choke this away, I don't know. I, I can't even compare it to anything. I mean, I, I mean, I can compare it to other choke jobs, but to, to piss away a fifteen-game fucking lead mm-hmm. after the All Star break—that's gonna—that's—that's that's gotta be historic. I mean, every other division is well, except maybe. I mean, the NL East. I mean, the closest to the the Nationals is uh, the Braves. They're eight and a half, but every other division really is still competitive. I mean, you have the Diamondbacks and the the Dodgers' heels. The Cubs are right behind the Brewers. Uh, the 
The Twins and the Royals are nipping at the Indians' heels. And really, at seven and a half out, I mean, we could say it's over for us here in Detroit, but, I mean, compared to a lot of other teams, I mean, we're still technically in the game. But uh, it's been a rough couple weeks for the Tigers. And then, uh, yeah, and you go up to the, the, the AL East, Yankees only three and a half behind the, the Red Sox. So yeah, but the interesting thing about the Red Sox, Porcello's come back down to earth this season. Oh yeah, which I mean, I I don't know, I don't really find that shocking, but that he came back down to earth. But it's just I don't know because he was man after last season winning that Cy Young. I know a lot of Red Sox fans that were like, "Oh, this is our new guy. This is it," and it's like, uh. Better, I, I, I wouldn't exactly crown him just yet. That was, that I was my comment to him. was one of the few people who was not sad to see him go and the Tigers let him go. I was like, good, finally. Just because everyone kept saying, he's young, he's young. But at some point, it's like, I get it, he's young. We've been pitching for five years. You know, what, when's he going to gel? You know, at some point, if you've been doing a job for five years, no matter your age, you get good at it. Next thing you know, he's falling off, and everybody's, well, he's old, he's old, you know, he's old. Yeah. <laughs> he never hit his prime? What happened? I mean, yeah, last year he finally peaked, you know, became what everybody thought he was going to be, but, yeah, all of a sudden, I mean, doesn't he have a losing record this year? I just saw his stats the other day, I believe. Uh, let me check. Oh, no way. Doug Fister's on the Red Sox? I didn't know that. Uh, Porcello is... Ha, huh, that's his height. He's not 6-5. and five. <laughs> Let's click on his name. Ooh. Ouch. Yike. Ooh. He is 4-10 and 10 with a 5.01 ERA. Woo! Ouch. Yeah. That's slamming the earth. That's not coming back down. That's slamming into the earth. It, yeah, that is you burned up on re-entering. Shit, his, his career ERA in that impressive is 4.6 4.26 yeah he's been in the league eight years so well, yeah baseball yeehaw i don't know it'll be interesting to see too i mean we'll get some stuff to talk about in the next couple of weeks because the trade deadline's coming up it's gonna be interesting to see who won't be in an old english d anymore if you're a verlander fan i think you need to uh, to but buy that prepare. jersey <laughs> yeah you better you better prepare yourself for the fact that you might you might be seeing his last few starts as a tiger here if you also Miguel Cabrera, Verlander's probably more likely the target. But I mean, you, if you're gonna get rid of Cabrera, get rid of him while you can still get some. You don't you don't want to end up with uh, another V Mart in your hands. I don't know. I'd like to see Cabrera retire as a D. Just saying. Well, I mean, it, we don't get that kind of time. <laughs> it, if our interest is winning, I mean, he's he's what 34, 33. Yeah, he's definitely on the downside of his of his uh he's peaked and he's on the downside of the mountain there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else? We got anyone got it anything else they want to bring up? Not that's a wrap. I mean, I guess I can throw one little uh earlism in there. Ilya Kovalchuk decided he's going to stay in the KHL for next season. He'll become a free agent. Who can sign anywhere at the first of uh, first of July next year? So supposedly the Devils said they tried to make a deal to bring him back to the NHL, and he said no, thank you. So there you go. Yeah, still here's my you. here's my squirrel moment. <laughs> All right. Well, then at this point, we'll thank everybody who's been listening, downloading, 
Uh, we had our best month ever in June, so hopefully we could do it again in July. So just pass it around the internet. Pass it around like a bad STD. We're joining at a party, all right? Social media. We're at Sporgy Podcast on Twitter, at Sporgy underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email us, Sporgy, at ChristopherMedia.net. We are on the Facebook, so you can like and share us. Uh, yeah, uh, next week. Uh, fun week next week. Can't wait. But uh, we'll be on the All-Star break. We'll be on the sports break next <laughs> week in general. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. All right, later, guys. Peace out, yeah. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.